Captain's Tennille, muskdate.love. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Orion drug dealer Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Oh God Make It Stop, our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go... To To hope hope for for no season four. Trek the podcast is here. One half vegan, one half queer. Hundred percent communist. Unless we have a less leftist guest, Patrick, and I'm Britain. Talking, joking, farting, and shitting All about Star Trek Like our buttholes, the show is wrecked Soy Trek, the podcast is here So listen to Soy Trek right in your ears Hey, I got it right Hey, welcome to the bridge, everybody I'm Captain Britain, the podcast is Soy Trek Here's Pat Hey, it's me we're the Star Trek podcast. We're two Trekkies, ask themselves. Are we really doing this again? Yep. One more time. <laughs> Once more into the breach, as uh, Ronald D. Moore might have, might have written the best episode of Star Trek ever. <laughs> uh, as you, uh, Actually, I would have loved, mm-hmm. like, thinking, like, wow, this would have been, I would have loved mm-hmm. to have this written by classic Star Trek writers. Yeah, no, straight up. Even, even, <laughs> even, even, and this is the only time I'm ever going to say this in my life. Even Rick Berman. Yeah, like, you know, genuinely. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we'll um, get into it. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll <laughs> get there. We have ads now, as you may have noticed. Uh, you don't want ads? Well, Soyagers, for as little as $2 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs and not only get ad-free episodes, but you also get all of our episodes at once instead of having to wait for them like everybody else, trickling down over the week, just like green blood of a dishonorable Romulan trickling down onto the floor of a Klingon ship. Also, if you're super cool and pay us $5 or more a month, we mention your fucking name on Soy Trek. And say thank you to people just like Dan Morrison, to Dylan Lance, Ian Killia, Joanna Hearn, Jordan Hale, Shane Sawyer, Nick Savard, David Craning Sights, Adam Zendel, and Cappies. Oh, wow, I got new people. Yeah, a bunch of new people. Hells yeah. Including, I, I think, I think our first. Furry patron, motherfucker. Oh, furries? Yeah, we oh, stand wow. with furries. We love furries yeah. around here. It's not it's not my thing, personally, but you know what? Anyway, you want to let your freak flag fly. You know, the first time I ever visited Seattle, I actually went to a Denny's uh, that was right next to a furry convention. Oh, that rocks. <laughs> you went to the furry Denny's. Yeah, I was just, Oh, I bet <laughs> the energy there, I bet the vibes there were awesome. Me and my brother were sitting there, and mm-hmm. we're just like, uh... Why does that guy have a have a T-shirt where like where a, a dog man's asshole is open? <laughs> God. Just, and then we started noticing everyone had tails and everything. Oh, okay, there's a furry convention. Happening. Hell yeah, <laughs> we we love to see it, folks, don't we? Yeah, we love to see a dog man's asshole on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, just straight up on his at on a, on a T-shirt. I'm like, okay, that's great. We're even. It's like you can only wear that like you know at the furry convention and at the Denny's next to the furry convention. <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I hope that Denny's is so like furried at this point. It's just the furry Denny's <laughs> yeah. and like the residual furry vibes just continue on there, so you can still go in there <laughs> yeah. with the dog man's asshole T-shirt. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We should, that's what I, I'm we, should try, we should make our own of that. A dog man's asshole T-shirt. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, or it could have like a, a um, honestly, like a, a furry, like a furry Star Trek shirt would probably like do really well, and it's it's like ideologically consistent with what I believe, and I hope what you believe, because I stand with furries. Yeah, all right. Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it, as I said, it's not my thing. It's not yeah. for me. I'm probably never going to be in a furry convention or anything. But I have friends that are furries. Yeah. We have supporters that are furries. Yeah. You know, furry, furries I think are I cool told people. you about my coworker that was went to a furry convention just to get laid. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, don't <laughs> don't exploit furries unless they're into yeah. that transactional kind of. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. There's probably some furries that are cool with that. Yeah, just won't get fucked. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, anyway, so all those people we mentioned are super cool and deserve an acapella rendition of Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. Mm. So if you're in a position to give them an awesome acapella rendition. Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas, you should do that. Also, if you give us $10 a month, you get full access to my Plex server, the Media Dungeon, which has, uh, you know, every single episode of Star Trek, every single Star Trek movie, 15,000 other films, over 420 TV shows, updated daily, and uh, with um, all new stuff, like uh, I just got all of Battlestar Galactica, including, including the 78 version, and the, uh, uh-oh, the bridge noise stopped. Let's see here. Uh, bridge noise that should be on uh, loop. Oh, it's not on loop. That's why. There we oh, go. here we go. Okay, well, th- thank you, Helmsman. Back to, <laughs> back to your fucking job. Why did you shut down the warp core? You fucked up so bad. You're fired. Fired. You're but, fired. Yeah, yeah fired. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, we have uh, over 420 shows, uh, including all the Battlestar Galactica, not just the Ronald D. Moore, but also 78 and 80 mm. and all the movies. Oh, cool. Um, also have uh, all of Josie and the Pussycats in space. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And is, that, is that animated? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of the A-Team, which is not animated, but it does uh, have uh, one uh, Mr. Barclay in there. Yeah, has Barclay. Yeah, he is... Barclays all up in that. Uh, Dwight, <laughs> Dwight Schultz, who's a fucking crazy, crazy neocon now. Yeah, it's unfortunate. We hate to see it. Okay, so once again, that's uh, patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. That's dumb idiot and the letters BS, which stand for bullshit, but also stands for bingo secrets, which is mm. not a coincidence, mm. is it now? Is it? Yeah. You know what? Like, you know, bingo secret. The secret to bingo is you just buy a bunch of bingo cards. That's how you win. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but that's also how you like spend a lot of money. So, yeah. so I mean, winning comes at the cost of all your money. So it's mm-hmm. like, what's the cost benefit? I don't know. Because right? if you spend more than you win, then it doesn't make any sense to buy the bingo cards in the first place. Unless you're just a gambling addict and you need some way to blow your money. Yeah, I one time went to a bingo. Uh, like one of my friends like was like, "Hey, let's go to the, uh, the bingo hall," and it was like in a in like a. Uh, fire department thing uh-huh. and like we went and we were like i think we were like 20 something at the time and there everyone else was like you know elderly Ooh. and they were super competitive and mean oh, <laughs> like i bet that's a great way to pick up old hole yeah. <laughs> like my friend was like i got bingo and they're like Argh! and they're like swarm to make oh, sure no. they let's, were telling the truth let's let's uh let's go cruise a bingo hall <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just pull up to old men and be like hey you bought him <laughs> What? what? Get you, shot. <laughs> yeah, 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 we would. We would get so shot. Uh, rightfully so. Oh, God, I've been trying to put it off, but uh, I can't put it off any longer. Are, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Pull the Band-Aid off. All right, let's get into it. Season three of Picard. Let's get Picard in. Let's get Picard in here. Let's get Picard 
Bucarded. Let's get Bucarded in here. Let's get Bucarded. Let's get Bucarded in here. Let's get Bucarded. Let's get Bucarded in here. Everybody, everyone, Soy Trek, here we come. Oh, coming all over the place. Hey, guess what? We got a new season of Picard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, season three, episode one, titled The Next Generation. Kind of kind of, a, kind of derivative, I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of, I think they're trying to do a lot of, um, a lot, a lot of like, try, like, kowtowing to like the fans the, you mean fan service yeah there they're, was a lot they're of, trying but, to give a constant they were trying to give us a 50 minute fan hand job a fan job if you will yeah and especially um, especially like the the the, the, the uh the end the end song yeah <laughs> yeah it's like holy shit so so but then like but then like i was like wow they're they're using the font Okay, they're starting uh-huh. off with the font. Well, okay. it, was, it was a modified font on the it, titles. It, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. interesting, and I actually took note of the font set that they but, used. And then the and then the font was um uh for the for the for the episode title mm-hmm. was uh start, was TNG. Yeah, it was it was the TNG title and credit font. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh yeah. So um very fa- fascinating. Did, did, were you were you fooled by the fan service? Did it get you? Nope. Yeah, me neither. I, mean, I, I wish it did. I wish I was like. I wish I was so fucking pumped full of nostalgia drugs that I was just like, yeah, 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 shoot him, Crusher, get him, Picard, yeah. I know, I genuinely felt nothing afterwards. I, I, <laughs> like, I mean, like, I, I felt, yeah, I felt nothing, but in the way, like, I felt empty, like, when you're, mm-hmm. like, super depressed. Yeah. Like, I was just, like, I felt a certain sense of, like, meaningless, and not necessarily impending doom, but just, like, latent doom. Like, like the the latent realization that all life is meaningless and everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, every week I'm now looking forward to the new episode of Last of Us. Like, it's, like, a little, little treat for me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. And, and now, like, now um, my weeks are going to have, like, they're going to have, like, a treat at the end of the week, but in the midweek there's going to be, like, this... Uh-huh. awful thing that I have to do. <laughs> watch, this, watch this episode of watch this episode of Star Trek Picard. Dragging yourself back into the Picard mines. You're like, well, gotta feed the family. Yes. <laughs> I'm just glad that I'm just, I'm just glad that Picard airs before the last of us so I can still have my treat at the end. That that is that is nice. See, I don't I don't have anything in my life like that. Mm-hmm. That's why I have like lots of meaningless sex with people. Yeah. Is like I, I watch shit like Picard and like, well fuck What's what the fuck is meaningful? And then I'm like, well, I can come, and that feels good. Yeah, you can. Fuck, so, you can you can fuck a strange ass to feel to forget. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Slut Trek, strange new ass. That's what I'm about. Um, or uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, this uh, episode, the next generation, was released on Thursday, February sixteenth, uh, twenty twenty three, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's written by Terry Metalis, and I couldn't tell. Could you tell? No, not at no, all. No, definitely not. Nothing. None of his hallmarks were there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, directed by uh, Douglas uh, Arnioski. I don't know. The most Polish name I think I've ever read in yeah. my life. Uh, who directed Highlander Endgame, the movie. The wow. second worst Highlander movie. That's right, amazing. Right after Highlander the Source. <laughs> Actually, you know what? A lot of people say Highlander 2 and 3 suck. They're wrong. They fucking rule. They make no sense. No. They're so silly. Um, so, also, uh, he did four episodes of Discovery. So, previous uh, Star Trekker here. Yeah. 
All right, so with the bad ones, <laughs> uh, yeah. Did it say which episodes? I have no. I didn't. I mean, it did, but I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know all the episode names and shit, so I don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, all yeah. this. Yeah, I think I've said yeah. it before. Like all the episodes blend into a single episode for me. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um. So anyway, we open on titles saying in the 25th century. So I don't know when exactly this takes place. Obviously, a few years I think after the events of Picard season two. Yeah. Uh, some people have said it takes uh, place up to 10 years after. Really? I'm not quite sure because they don't actually give a date, really, and star dates are co- completely meaningless in Star Trek. So Yeah, I was I was surprised it gave a star date because I felt those are only if you're actually out in... Like, cause it, it, it says the star date, like, when they're... Uh, on Earth? On Earth. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... I think Earth still uses star dates for mm. date. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, was, it was just very weird because, yeah, I, I, was, I was confused by... How long between season two and three and, this happens? Yeah. Because there's a lot that happens. Yes. That, that they allude to in between season two and three, uh, mm-hmm. but we don't we don't know exactly how much. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably get some more context clues as yeah. the, as the uh, season progresses, mm-hmm. but it's just like, it's a very, I think, poor way to just kind of establish where we are in, in the timeline of right. like, this entire, of the series. Especially since, um, you know, last season we did have three members of this cast uh, in uh, Raffi, in Seven of Nine, and in Picard, all of whom, uh, they, they filmed these back to back. So all three of those characters have not aged a single day yeah. bet- between like filming, or they aged like a month between filming of the two. Yeah. But and, they're supposed to be several years older. I don't know. And given like, you know, it's like they're eight, like in the Star Trek universe, people kind of age slower, like they live longer. Well, so yeah, it, absolutely. So, it's, so it's, it's, you can kind of give it that kind of like a true, um, true. Kind of thing, but still, yeah. it's like except it, except for Guinan, who like ages yeah. <laughs> ages like a hundred and fifty years in her species in like a day and a half because she chooses to. Yeah, she wakes up. He's like, ah, fuck, I'm old now. Yeah, well, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> but yeah, out of like, because yeah, I mean, everyone's in very different places than when we left them in the and in the at the end of season two. I'm sorry, I just came up with so much of a better reason for why Guinan is old. Mm. Uh, in how she's like so aged because in what Picard season one or whatever she's in she's like oh I chose to look older because uh, I wanted to fit in more with humans or some shit like that yeah she should have just been like fucking Q did this to me yeah <laughs> that's all it takes and it yeah. fucking it raises the stakes between Q and her it's it's right. the uh, it's the uh, Lucy Lawless a wizard did it type thing. yeah bingo <laughs> like, fucking we love that you know if you come across something that you can't explain wizard did it yeah it's fucking awesome <laughs> and that's why fucking Xena rocks so much more than Hercules yeah, exactly yeah. need more Lucy Lawless yeah less Kevin Sorbo yeah fuck that dude all right so um um. Uh, we get a shot of space as we hear the classic blues recording of I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire. Better known is the Fallout 3 song. <laughs> and uh, we pan over to a ship. A lot uh, of video game references in this. A lot of video. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense because fucking like uh, what? Like Star Trek uh, Picard season one was a Mass Effect game. They I, literally I did, ripped out the, t- the fucking plot from I, Mass I did Effect hear game. a lot of people say that. And I mm-hmm. never played Mass Effect. So yeah. like I just didn't know so, what they were. So I, I didn't ever play three. I only played two all the way through. And I liked it a good bit. So I, th- I think it was supposed to be based on three. And so I watched uh, a video on three. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the exact same thing. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we hear the Fallout 3 song, and we pan over to a ship, which looks Starfleet by appearance, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's idling in the black as another ship suddenly approaches, a smaller, like, attack ship. 
So on the main ship, uh, we pan over uh, a desk full of engineering implements as we hear a recording of Picard giving a captain's log from long ago when they were engaged with the Borg, mm -hmm. which was an interesting kind of callback. I or guess. is it setting up something? I don't know. It's it's weird that they'd even have that playing though. But uh, I hope yeah, they who, actually explain it. Yeah, who was playing it and why? Yeah, because like to otherwise, it? why would like you know fucking Doctor Crusher be in like listening to an old captain's log playing the greatest hits? Yeah, right. Um, so the camera pans up to show none other than Doctor Beverly Crusher, as uh, and she's aged very well, looking yeah. look, looking real good here. Um, as the ship's computer announces hull damage and unauthorized docking, which I've had some circumcised guys do to me in my sleep before. Crusher <laughs> uh, exclaims uh, that they've been found and commands Elios, which is the name of the new ship computer, to activate mm. warp drive. Like the Elio pizzas. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> they announced in the season that they would be retiring Majel Barrett for all of the Starfleet ship's computers, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And so this is the, the new uh, ship computer voice. Uh, do you want to do you want to guess who plays this? Uh, who? I didn't even I even I even looked at any I didn't even look up any information <clears throat> about this. So it's it's someone named Amy Earhart who I had never heard of before. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if she's like involved in Star Trek. And in a way, she is. She related to Amy uh, Amelia Earhart? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, you know who she is related to by marriage? Who? Terry Metalis. Interesting. So Terry <laughs> Metalis went ahead and uh, took out. Even though she recorded like all of the syllables and stuff to be used forever yeah. on Star Trek, took out Majel Barrett, who is Gene Roddenberry's wife. Yeah. Do you think that's like kind took, of like a power move on, I, on Terry Metalis's part? Even if it's not, it is in such fucking poor taste, yeah. in my opinion. It is in the most fucking poor taste of all time. Like, yeah. if it, I mean, literally, if it was kind of like anybody else except for his fucking wife, who's not involved in Star Trek at all. Yeah. Uh, like, the last thing she did was she, like, uh, wrote a short movie in 2006. Wow. Yeah. She, she's, she's a nothing, and they're like, oh, you're going to be part of Star Trek now because <laughs> you're married to the boss. <laughs> I mean, and I understand that for Majel Barrett because, you know, she was married to the fucking creator. Yeah. The create like the she, one and, person who made this happen, and she and she had already been on you know so been, much stuff. Been, she was been, already she, an integral part, and she of, was and she was a, she, yeah, she was number one. And she later. was number one and Nurse Chapel yeah. and fucking like Swana Troy. Yeah, and so she's like all over this, and instead they take a non actor who hasn't really done anything, whose whose main credit in Star Trek is being married to Terry <laughs> Metalis. And they fucking, it's her now. Well, Terry Metalis is like, well, I'm, I'm, look at me, I'm Gene Roddenberry now. Great. Yeah, we all respect <laughs> him just like Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> yeah. uh, from another room, a crewmate asks how they were found, and Crusher closes and locks the door to this room. Uh, the person in there yells, uh, pleading for her to let him out. Uh, Crusher tells Elios to divert all power to the warp core and asks it to get them the hell out of there. The computer says the unauthorized docking is complete and raises an intruder alert as Crusher picks up a disruptor rifle and powers it up. Uh, what I thought was a disruptor rifle, but I don't think it actually is. Yeah. A couple aliens wearing, um, I guess, like, eyes wide shut owl masks? Yeah. Something like that? Also, this whole scene looks <laughs> like laser tag. 
It does look very late. Because, like, I mean, there's literally like all steam and shit going yeah, around I everywhere. Know. I was like, wait, why is it's, there? It's, why is there like just a, random steam? And there wasn't even it's, any. It's like an yet. '80s metal video. It's a steam and spark factory ship. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there was like just steam, random boxes, uh-huh. and I was just wait. I was like, what is the setup of this? And I like the design of of like of other star of other Starfleet and other. St- other uh, ships and and mm-hmm. Star Trek, yeah, and this just looks like it's taking on a whole other aesthetic, sort of like a alien. Yeah, it does aesthetic. look very alien. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much like a messy lab. Yeah, it's a yeah messy yeah messy dark lab, which mm-hmm. or like a, a very like messy workspace of mm-hmm. some sort, which. Uh, you know, I can I can buy if like Crusher is the captain of this because you know she's not is like. You know, straight laced is any of the other captains she's worked for. I don't think really. Yeah, but she kept a. She kept a. She was very uh, methodical. You know, she had her little her uh, her uh, laboratory projects and everything. Yeah, else. yeah, she was, but she was also kept on track by a mm-hmm. very responsible straight laced captain. Yeah. So who knows? But they just needed to make it look like laser tag. You know, just because. Yeah, they needed to make it messy. Anyway, so. <laughs> Um, a couple aliens wearing the owl masks get on the ship, and Crusher uh, gets shot once with one of the rifles uh, and like the, the sternum. Yeah, uh, she shoots one of them, and they like completely dematerialize. <laughs> that was that, that that struck me as well because I was like, <clears throat> okay, so so they aren't are they trying to take her alive then? Because right. she didn't immediately de- dematerialize when right. she was hit. With Either the, that, or she just has a way more advanced weapon than them for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. I assume they'll explain this, but I don't have a lot of hope. Yeah, I mean, she was going, she was going all ham, like, oh yeah, and, she and just this is just keeping in line with just how just like murderous and and um and lethal everyone is in these new star, <laughs> so, new star so Trek prodigies. This is this is like kind of one of my problems. Is I mean, I don't mind violence on Star Trek, and I don't mind you know uh, people. You know, because a lot of times, like Starfleet people are pushed to a limit, and they have to make the hard decision to violence. Yeah. But the problem I have with a lot of newer Trek is the solution is violence. Yeah. Like, and and that's always the first option, and that's always the one they take first. Mm-hmm. Is like, they don't even like consult anybody. They don't take time to think. They're just like, oh, violence. Yeah, and that's and that's what's interesting about like all the, you know, pre, you know, previous uh, installments of you know of episodes of like TNG the original, mm-hmm. where it's like you know they'll come up with an interesting solution. Mm-hmm. Or some other way to stop, like some some people who are trying to kill them, rather than just like just flat out like <laughs> de- like pink miss them into yeah, nothing. That's right. And and it was just it was just funny watching you know of all you know of all people Beverly Crusher just like going all eh, going whole ham on on these on these people because because that's one thing like you notice like especially with like EMH and like you know mm-hmm. and Bashir they have like you know other Star Trek doctors they they've always and even like. Beverly Crusher, the original Beverly Crusher. Yeah, the real Beverly Crusher. Yeah, the real Beverly Crusher have have actually a, a huge respect and and uh, Wait, for, for human for life. Why, why would a doctor have respect for human life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> wild, yeah. man. And just like and and you know and 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 I think like you know there I think there probably was an episode where it wasn't in didn't they have to EMH have to like kill somebody one time or like, probably and like and there was like a huge it was a, mo- a huge moral quandary right and it's right. just like in there here well we- I mean so so the the ethical quandary is happening here it's just happening in two and a half seconds as she grabs the blaster <laughs> yeah, rifle yeah. man <laughs> yeah I mean granted we we like 
there's no information given on what's happening. Right. They, they could be something like the level of the Borg where there's yeah. absolutely no reasoning with them. And like violence is kind of their only option ish. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this whole episode is very good at giving you like no information. Yeah. It's, it's very <laughs> much like a teaser. Yeah. It, the whole entire episode is like a teaser for what's to come in the series. And being that it's one tenth of the series. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, if I watched a two-hour movie, if, like, I don't know, if I, I guess, like, the first 15 minutes of setup is fine. Yeah. So I'll I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Like, maybe they're just teasing a lot of cool stuff to come. But as I've said before, I ain't got much hope. I mean, we're going to have another episode, you know, where it's um, them trapped in an FBI office type thing. <laughs> <laughs> I that's the one I'm dreading the most because that's yeah, that's the point the, of where the, just the filler episode. Yeah, where Star Trek Picard season two. I was just like, I mean, at that point I was already like, this fucking sucks. But I, I that's where it just went off the rails, and I'm like, they're like not only not only are they letting it suck, but they're like sacrificing certain episodes to like give more budget to other ones because mm-hmm. that's the only reason you have a bottle episode where everyone's trapped in a fucking office for yeah. for half of the episode is mm-hmm. you need to save costs. Yeah, you know, and it's like they were given the largest tax rebate in California state history to make uh, Star Trek Picard seasons two and three. Say what? Yeah, and that's that. So that's a reason I'm actually mad about Star Trek Picard, and something that no one else brings up. Go ahead and Google it if you're listening to this. Look up Star Trek Picard season two tax rebate. It, they they gave an, just a wacky amount of money. There was a record amount of money to any TV show ever in order to film it in LA. All right, yeah, it's starting to make sense why this was made. Uh huh. No, like, it's there's just some like it's fucking, it's a fucking the producers, man. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the producers starring Patrick Stewart. Oh damn! <laughs> yeah, that's maybe that they yeah they're saying like yeah they're doing like the whole like Mel Brooks producers thing. They yeah, can make, the, they can make more money off a off a, off a, off a stinker. Than they could a, just than call it the Pat Stewarts. It's like almost <laughs> the same title. Like, come on, it's easy. It's right there, guys. Wow, man. Well, hats off to them for being such like great scammers on their part. No, like yeah, like <laughs> like good on fucking Paramount for just like yeah using fucking old IP to fucking just yeah grift yeah grift off the state. That's your dusting off a in, whole bunch of mummies and putting yeah. and making them dance. Yeah, like <laughs> if if you're in California, like that's. That's social services. If yeah. you're like, if you're in California, you're like mad about the unhoused problem. Guess where that money's actually going? Yeah. Guess where it's going? It's going to this. It's going to Terry Metalis. Uh huh. <laughs> and his wife, the new, <laughs> the new computer boys. Yeah. All right. So <sighs> after she's done, uh, oh, so then um, uh, Crusher shoots a pipe. And uh, then dematerializes another guy in a very Jerry action sequence. Yeah. Yeah, she just fucking executes him. Yeah, she does. She's like, I'm... (laughs) There's no taking this guy alive. She's just like, you're fucking dead, bro. I really hope at least one of these old people says, I'm getting too old for this shit on this season somewhere. That's the only way any of them can rectify doing this, I think. (laughs) Yeah. It is interesting. There is no, like, acting your age in this. Like, No. Well, I mean, there there is briefly, and it's in the next scene. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, after she's done, the guy in the other room continues to yell for her to let him out and bang on the door. Uh, the computer announces that it'll still be a minute until the warp core is ready to go. Uh, Crusher tells the computer to prepare to send a message with the Myriad codec. 
Uh, the computer asks the recipient, which you think Crusher would have just said. This is like the first time I've ever heard the computer be like, "Who, who's getting the message? They always mm-hmm. just say, uh, send a message to this person. Uh, so I don't know. That that was off-putting for me. I thought. It wouldn't have the dramatic effect, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Crusher says it's for Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, just then we see space and several of the enemy craft following Crusher's ship as it goes into warp. Intro at 5.15 here. It's uh, just very bare horns fanfare uh, doing the uh, like the TNG slash the motion picture theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know what? I actually liked the theme here because they yeah. didn't even do one. Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't do the slow Picard theme that oh, I can't remember. Oh, I did. I totally, I don't, that totally uh, didn't, I didn't no. realize that. Yeah, they, they just, uh, it said, I think, Picard and then episode one, The Next Generation, and it was just like, bah, 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 bah. All right. And that was like it. Yeah. All right, you know, you got to give it to him. Yeah, did I one. give it to him. I got to give it to him. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple things. I mean, we'll we'll talk. Like, there's a couple things I did like, but very few and far between. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, and that, I, you know I, I, what? Liked, I liked a few things too. But I will say, I'm gonna chalk that up. Chalk uh, getting rid of that fucking god awful uh, Picard theme song. Yes, that's a that's that's a, that's that's a, a plus. big plus. That's that's literally two minutes you just gave us with characters we <laughs> like, even if we don't like what they're doing. Yeah, and not a theme song we don't like. Yeah, that that I know that that's one that's one soundtrack. Yeah, uh, yeah, theme song I'll always skip. Like mm. I initially skipped the Enterprise theme song. Listen to it all the way through every single so, time. So it depends. Season one and two, yeah. yeah. It sucks because the best seasons of Enterprise have the worst Enterprise theme. <laughs> yeah. They fucking just remix it and put like bongos under it. <laughs> and it sounds like it's it's fucking it sounds like a fucking like booze catamaran music. Yeah. It, like something you'd hear like in a Mexico fucking like <laughs> when you buy a tour from a cruise ship or something. Yeah, it fucking, yeah. It's dog shit, dude. I hate it. Out of Chi Chi's or something. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, it sounds like something they play in like a Trader Vicks or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. So um, we return from the very short credits at Chateau Picard. Uh, Picard and Laris, uh, who, as we remember, is his love interest from the last season, who uh, used to be his um, assistant or his like uh, worker. So, you know, it's a. And they killed her husband off off screen. Yeah, they killed her husband off, and then Picard had to get over his mother's suicide so he could get it up and fall in love with Hilaris. Yeah, and there was no no, uh, mourning period for her. She was just like, all right, my husband's dead, and I'm trying to get my holes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she's like, hey, hey, Picard, how about that old dick? What'd that thing do? I want that Enterprise D, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and. Glad to see they're still together after after the indeterminate amount of time that has passed. Yeah, I guess so. So uh, <laughs> him and Laris are looking at a painting of the Enterprise D, and Laris says the first love is always the sweetest, which I don't agree with. My first love sucked. <laughs> yeah. She's a dumb racist bitch. <laughs> Damn. How about you? Uh, I don't feel. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> We'd love to hear it, bro. <laughs> Picard says she wasn't the first but certainly was his favorite. Uh, she asks, uh, Laris asks if she can send it away for spring cleaning, but Picard counters, uh, he didn't think they had such a thing on Romulus. And uh, she said, no, that's only for humans and their possessions, <laughs> which is a an interesting burn, I think. Yeah. Um, being like, also, like, what, what fucking spring cleaning? Don't they have just, like, a little ray gun they could just fucking, like, point at it? And yeah, just, it, like, it, at this point, it? yeah, do they not have, like, <laughs> full house Roombas that are just, like, drones? 
Yeah. Come on. Like, get real here. Um, so Picard says he wants to give the painting to Jordy, uh, but Laris objects. But Picard says he's running the Fleet Museum and he'd love it, which is actually a pretty cool job and something I can kind of see Jordy doing. Mm. Although he's very like into engineering, so maybe not. I feel yeah, like, I, that, that struck me as odd too. Like, yeah, because he's he's very much like an O'Brien. Like he really loves his work and he loves solving problems. That would have been museum. a that would have been a sick fucking way to include O'Brien in this. Is just like have O'Brien and Jordy running like the engineering school so, on Earth. So straight up, not including Colmini in in Star. Trek is one of the biggest sins of New Trek, I think. Yeah. Like he's I the mean dude's still an act still a still a huge work uh, and, actor. And he's like into Star Trek too. Like when yeah. whenever you see like uh like DS9 panels happening, he's usually one of the two or three people that's always there. Yeah. Like him, non-visitor, Terry Farrell, always there. Mm-hmm. Um and also I think he's also like one of the few actors that gets star trek yes <laughs> like, yeah he like, understands like i think i mean call meanie fucking rocks obviously he does but he, like he, well, like that reading that one interview with him where he's just like just like talking about uh you know establishing unions on the sets on set and stuff I mean, he's just like yeah. he fucking rocks he's such a cool dude yeah he is like he's he he like the thing that rocks most about call meanie is he's basically miles o'brien yeah. Like, he's very, he comes from a working class family, mm-hmm. uh, and he, like, believes in, like, working class ideals and stuff. And, you know, like, you read any of his interviews and stuff, and, like, he believes the ideals of Star Trek and yeah. Starfleet as well. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's a very enlightened dude who happens to be a suffering Irishman, which is, like, <laughs> just awesome character everything. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love yeah. that. Like, we, we love Colmini. Uh, and you know what? Cheers to fucking Mike McGann for including him as, uh, in, quote, the most important man in all of Starfleet yeah, uh, in an episode. But, you know, we'd love to hear his voice. You know, yeah. we'd love to see him at some point. He still looks like Chief O'Brien. Yeah. And, yeah, that's we, we need that. Yeah. Totally yeah. fucked up not inclu- not uh, not having a, not him and Jordy. Dude, those two palling around would be the sickest bromance of all time. Yeah. Like, those two just teaching each other engineering shit would be the coolest shit you've ever seen because o'brien hasn't been on the the fucking on like a warp drive capable thing you know Mm -hmm. since the defiant yeah and so and you know especially since the end of the uh the dominion war i assume he's not doing that very much so Mm -hmm. you know yeah there's there's a lot of meat on that motherfucking bone (laughs) is all i'm saying (laughs) can make a soup a lot a lot of potatoes on that bone if you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) um so uh Picard tells some guy to pack the painting up, but Laris stops him. Picard sits at his desk, and Laris says she's asking a lot of him to part with these possessions in order to go with her to Chaltalk 4. And she thinks she's asking a lot of him for doing it. Uh, He says that while she's running around uh, getting set up for diplomatic security, he's going to be sitting around sipping Saurian brandy and thinking about writing his memoir. Who's she setting up diplomatic security for? They, they, I mean, I'm guessing this is going to be something that's like going to be filled in because, like, it was just I like, hope so because Romulus is no longer a state or a political yeah. force at all. I don't imagine she's working for Starfleet since you think they'd probably still be pretty skeptical of Romulans since yeah. Romulans are still very skeptical of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, and that's, that's also, I think, a reason also just like explain away why. Because like I think like following the rest of the episode that mm-hmm. like 
her presence if she had tagged along, mm-hmm. which I think would have made sense. It would have. Because, like, also, why wouldn't you want to bring, like, this, like, well, well, fucking... But then they'd have to pay her and not, uh, let's check the notes here, <laughs> Terry Metalis' <laughs> yeah. wife. Hey, Terry. Yeah, because, like, I think I think it was just, like, a convenient way to get her out of out of, out of the scene and out of the Which kind of sucks, because I like her as a character. Yeah, I thought she... I, I feel like she's misused as just, like, Picard's whole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked her in season one at least. And yeah, that's what that's what got me is like, and yeah, and, and she's like, you know, in season two as like the watcher or whatever she is, and mm-hmm. but like, yeah, I mean, I, I the entire time I was thinking like, wow, you're going on like a weird secret mission, like why not bring your super capable like karate like girlfriend with you? Yeah, <laughs> right. So um, I also have to ask like, so we're living in a post scarcity future where you don't have to work. Yeah. Who, what kind of fucking psychopath fucking volunteers to set up, like, to do diplomatic security, to be, like, the fucking Secret Service? Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. Yeah. I, well, also, I mean, that, I, was, I was thinking that the entire time because, like, you know, as we saw in All Good Things, like, mm-hmm. all, like all the, pretty much everyone had almost sta- uh, fallen into, like, their kind of retirement. Yeah. And... Like or like near retirement by right, the end right. of all good things, and mm-hmm. and here they're all like super active. I'm yes, like, like and I and I feel that's something any also a post scarcity like, um, uh, um, utopia like old people wouldn't be working. Yeah, you they straight fuck, up would not be working. You could fucking retire at like, fucking like fifty or some they, shit. They, they literally <laughs> all they'd be doing like like Picard is the only one who has like a reasonable life here. Yeah, where he's like I'm retired and I just get asked to do speeches, but other than that, I fucking do whatever I want. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. That makes sense in a post scarcity world. Everyone else is like, yeah, fucking Riker is seventy years old and he's still <laughs> he's still a captain. He hasn't been promoted. Yeah, and he lost his chair. Mm-hmm. Like, or I don't know if he was demoted out of his chair or he just gave it up, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's super fucking weird, especially because guys his age, like, I don't know, Jellico are still doing the fucking job. And Jordy uh, turned uh, uh, 66, like no? Var Burton turned 66 yesterday. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, he's still working. Yeah, Frakes <laughs> is 70. Um, but, you know, they're actors. And the thing yeah. about actors is there's something in an actor's mind to where they always need to be working yeah. up until the point they die. Yeah. And that's a bad thing. And yeah. I want to make it very clear that's a bad thing mm-hmm. because that's exactly what Patrick Stewart is doing here. <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm going to make it very clear right now, and I will probably make it clear every episode, Patrick Stewart is too old to be doing this. Yeah. He's feeble. Yeah. You can hear his voice shake when he talks, and it's not for effect. It's because he's very old. I know. And that's I, how old people sound. I was just like, let the man sleep. Straight up. Like, he, he's, <laughs> he, like in every scene here, I'm like, that dude needs a nap. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude needs a nap and a nice cu- hot cup of tea. Like, yeah. there's... This guy does not belong on the set of like, anything. How much more money do you need at 80 years old? Like, <laughs> It's not about money for actors. Yeah. The, like, For actors, it's about a compulsion to always have work and yeah. be a working actor. Mm-hmm. Because for a lot of people, like, you know, that's their their meaning. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people get into acting in the first place because they don't want to be themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I understand that. Being yourself sucks a lot of the time. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's like... You have to at some point. You have to accept the reality of your life and not just like slip back into being other people. (laughs) 
but whatever. I mean, yeah. he's choosing to do it, but it's not doing him any favors. Is all no. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved. I would have loved if every if all of these people were just retired and just like it was just a whole whole show. new cast, or, whole, a whole show about them just hanging out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like hanging <laughs> do out, like a Golden Girls doing type holiday, thing. Like, yeah, they're like, all living together and having like madcap adventures, or or literally, <laughs> getting, the, they're all getting horny for like for for young studs. You know, what would actually. I would totally excuse uh, is an enterprise ending to this. If, mm. if, if at the very last episode, it just reveals they were doing a holodeck thing the whole time. And it was just <laughs> like a, a ship reunion and they just wanted to do one last adventure, but they knew it wasn't safe cause they're fucking old. Yeah. So they're like, Oh, run, run program. Metalus 44 <laughs> and fucking or include my theory that it's all, that, that, um, that, uh, Picard has never left the nexus. I also love that idea. I'm not going to lie. I th- you mentioned that on our review of the thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I fucking love that idea. Or another idea, inner, inner light, the episode never never ended. Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe yesterday's Enterprise. I don't know. Any one of them. Right? He, got it, he got out of the inner light, and then when it was actually, it was like kind of like that thing where you wake up from another. Oh, oh yeah, now it's outer light. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm still fucking in the thing. Yeah. Hell yeah! No, it's it's yeah, it's just like um uh, uh that fucking Christopher Nolan movie. What's uh, you know what I'm talking about? The dream one. Fuck! Why I can't think. I know, right? Why can't I think of it? Uh, I keep on wanting to say Dominion, but that's not it at all. You know what I'm talking? Inner about. brain. Yeah, brain. yeah, interbrain. You got it, Pat. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's good. That has Tom Hardy in it. That yeah, does. It certainly has Tom yeah. Hardy. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Lar- uh Laris says uh. Uh, Picard doesn't need to prove uh, how into leaving he is and that he doesn't have to part with everything but Picard insists that these are just objects, mementos of dear friends old and new, but they're just memories. <coughs> Which, um, so that's that's a, that's a very bad way to think about uh, artifacts. Mm. He's, uh... I noticed they, he had the Colonel and Nestor yeah, on a, yeah, on his, and so on his on his uh, on his uh, on his desk, I was so, like, "Oh, they brought that back." He actually it survived the Enterprise D crash, right, exactly. And so and so he has like priceless artifacts here, mm-hmm. and the way he thinks about them is they're just like, "Oh, they're just my things that remind me of things," and not you know they're important cultural artifacts that are part of a living history of a people. Yeah, like what he says are his his ideas about fucking artifacts are the most white colonialist (laughs) ideas about artifacts ever he should be working for the british museum yeah because that's like he's just like oh yeah gold ducat's skull Eh, that doesn't mean much to me it's like it's just how i think about fucking uh uh, what's her name Uh, kira the i met her once i don't know like what dude what? Or it's it's just how I remember the guy whose wife I got killed. <laughs> like, well, I think he also, also at this point he's trying really hard to like show uh, Laris that he's like okay with moving to this new place. Right. And he's, and he's doing like the overcompensating like boyfriend thing where he's just like, no, this stuff doesn't mean anything to me. And yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly. Like, but mm-hmm. he he could have done it in a way that was like. Uh, these things are far too important to belong to just one white man. I'm, yeah. I'm donating them back to the planets to which they belong. Yeah. But instead he's like, I'm going to give these to my friends. They don't mean much to me. <laughs> Fuck you, Picard. Well, he's going to die soon. And, you know, he probably needs to 
start giving away anyway. You know, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> might as well part with them now. Like, yeah, that's I'm, fine. I'm knock knock knocking on death's door. So yeah, hopefully, <laughs> uh, the character, not Patrick Stewart. Yeah, we the want character. Patrick Stewart to live a long, full life. Yeah, I would like a a proper non positronic revival death. Yeah, for uh, for this Picard. <laughs> Fingers um, crossed. So Lara says there's a point in a man's life when he looks to the past to define himself, not just his future. Picard says it's not going to be him because he's not a man who needs a legacy. Then why are you doing Star Trek, Picard? Why are you writing your memoirs, dog? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> like, uh, why are you, like, why are you writing your memoirs? Yeah, and it's also, it's such a wild line to have on the fucking nostalgia season of TNG. Yeah. Like, all of these people are doing this so they have a better legacy than Nemesis. Also, like, I think this is, like, not so subtle setup for, like, the end of this episode. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm a wrong. man who doesn't need a legacy? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> he should uh, get a Subaru Legacy Forester. That'd be funny. That'd be, a, that'd be a funny twist. He's like, I don't need a Legacy. And she's like, fuck, I just bought it for you. <laughs> don't go outside. <laughs> I bought you Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I bought you the wizard game. I bought you the wizard game. The transphobic. But, uh, but, but what about the trans people? <laughs> What about the what about what about the allusions to the goblins being Jews? <laughs> it's just straight up, like that that shit's all fucked up. Yeah, like just 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 fuck that whole thing. Fuck J.K. Rowling. Fuck the wizard game. Fuck wizard game. It's it's so silly that yeah, people are like, uh, well, why why do you have to hold it against the the, the, the game designers? I'm like, okay, first <laughs> off, I'm not I'm holding it against J.K. Rowling. Hey, and they also, were, they've been paid for their work. Man. Yeah, and also yeah, they've already been paid for their work. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they're not going to be making any more money by the game. Being yeah, sold. yeah. Who do you think gets the royalties? You think the game designers get royalties? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> goes into goes get into, the fuck. You don't know if you think that you don't J understand how capitalism works. Yeah, it goes into JK's coffers. Yeah, exactly. And, and <laughs> God. the whole thing's so fucking stupid. And it's like, and people are like, "Well, it's a, it's a, it's a great game. I gotta play it." I I immediately dismiss that because um, you're an adult playing a <laughs> a game based around child wizards yeah and um that shit is just like for for babies straight <laughs> up like that's some pee pee poo poo goo goo gaga <laughs> bullshit right there like if if you really have that opinion get a handle of your life because mm -hmm. you're a fucking baby <laughs> <clears throat> that's that's how i feel yeah mm. So anyway, later Picard sits at his desk writing something on paper yeah. with a pen mm -hmm. by hand <laughs> because that's something people will definitely be doing 300 years from now. Yeah. Suddenly, he hears a chirp that sounds suspiciously like a combatch. <laughs> he asks the computer if it also hears it. And it's like, yeah. And he's like, locate it. And it's like, I can't. And he's like, bunch of good you are. And I'm like, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> um, it's literally like it's an actually like computerized it's like a bluetooth device that the computer can't find 300 years from now yeah how could it not connect with the communicator but whatever yeah i don't know so he um <laughs> picard opens up a case with his old captain's uniform in it and finds out the signal is coming from his old comm badge that he hasn't worn since all good things which is like 30 years ago yeah because after that he was wearing the i think the ds9 style mm -hmm. comm badge and stuff and uh 
Yeah. yeah. He specifically says, yeah, it's the, my, uh, it's, oh, it's to communicate our war on the Enterprise D. Yeah. And then he says over 20 years old later, yeah. so, which is strange. So, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So he has yeah, the computer. definitely more than over 20 years. Of I mean, he's right. It is over 20 years yeah. old, but I think it's also over 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he asks the computer, uh, what's up? And it tells him it's his comm badge and says it's receiving a long range message containing an uncommon codec. I like how it could figure that out, but couldn't find the fucking comm badge in a suitcase. <laughs> Yeah. Like, this computer doesn't even work as well as an Apple AirTag. What the fuck, dude? It's just like, there's such dumb bullshit inconsistency. Mm -hmm. That's stupid as hell. And dumb as hell. Yeah. Um, so we have to talk about codecs, all right? I'm not sure mm -hmm. if you're super familiar, but I'm very familiar with codecs because there's something I deal with a lot in my movie collecting. Um mm. A uh, codec is a compression algorithm, more mm -hmm. or less. And so you see different codecs on movies like uh, AVI, MP4, MKV, all types of stuff. And, you know, in as much uh, for, for music and for uh, sound files, like MP3 is a codec, Og Vorbis is a codec, AIFF is a codec, WAV files. That's all codecs, right? And so it's a compression algorithm. My um, eyes are glazing over. I know, that's okay. <laughs> I, I'm explaining to, to, the, to the listeners who might be interested in this because... I melt things together for a living. It, it, <laughs> it should not be a codec that, that they used. It's encryption that they used. Yeah. Like a codec, like, is not what they think it is. And fucking, I think Terry Metalis wrote this, didn't check with anyone who works in IT anywhere. He's like, well, no, maybe 300 years in the future, codecs will be different and there'll be encryption too. And it's like, Okay, no. No, I'm just not. I'm or maybe he has a really cool IT guy that's just straight up fucking with him. Or, or an, IT, <laughs> yeah, an IT guy who has no idea about IT. He's just, he has a big beard and he's constantly on meth. Yeah. So he seems like an IT guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Or the IT guy's like, I fucking hate you, Terry Metalis. I'm going to mm -hmm. give you a bunch of fucked up information. Yeah. And so uh, it says the message is containing an uncommon codec. It would be contained within the uncommon codec because a, a codec is a container for something. Mm. It's something in which something is encoded. So this doesn't work for me because it's wrong. <laughs> okay, anyway. I mean, the word know, is wrong. <laughs> I mean, Star Trek is famous for its techno babble, but it's like, but okay, if well, you're going to use, if, if you're, you're going to use real techno babble, yeah. use it correctly. Yes. Cause that's the thing is the techno babble that they use is fine. Cause they're like, yeah, we're going to use the uh, phase inverters on the uh, outside nacelle coils. And I'm like, yeah, those things don't exist in real life. So mm -hmm. you can just, you can just make shit up. But like codecs are a real thing yeah. that a lot of people know about. I do think like when they also like describe real scientific, real science, scientific shit, mm -hmm. like, or like, programming shit they try to keep it pretty on pretty on pretty real and yeah, yeah it's like yeah why would you fuck this up <laughs> i don't know um so picard asks what codec it has and the computer says the codec requires a password picard asks why anyone would send an encoded message to an over 20 year old starfleet communicator great question also wow it's very convenient that this that this he just happened to have this within ear range and also and not like you know in that fucking like uh that place where he kept the fucking data painting in the first season you know that where he kept all of his like all of his like old things from his from the from, yeah, <laughs> from the enterprise true true, true. <laughs> also one must very much wonder how are communicators powered because this thing has been in a box for 20 to 30 years yeah. and somehow still has power is it a nuclear 
powered combat? Also, wow, it's like incredible that the subspace transmitters were able to. That do, as well. Do, that, do. That, that, that really surprised me. Because, I mean, they've been out of comms ranges of ships before. Yeah. But she's on the. she's So she's literally on the edge of Federation space. Yeah. Uh, so well beyond into probably the B quadrant here yeah. or the beta quadrant here. And it's like, cool. It, it, it just hits the combat just right. You know, it gets there. Yeah. Uh, like, like the entire time I was watching, I was like, I was like, I remember just like kind of just squinting at the TV. I'm like, wait, it sent it. She sent the message to the combat. So, so how every, <laughs> every time I watched this, I took more and more notes on how, like, <laughs> like I was just, I was in disbelief. I'm like, who th- like I, I get a few inconsistencies and stuff, but like when it's multiple times in a scene, I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah, like just think, just think about things, think about contingencies of things. It's not hard. Just turn your brain off, enjoy product. Yeah, literally, he could he could have been uh, I don't know looking at all of his stuff and organizing it earlier, so he could have had the com badge out or something like that, and he could have gotten a notice from the computers. I I don't know. There's so yeah, many I think that's here. why they they did oversaturate with the fan service type stuff because they're just like, please love this, please yeah. love this. Oh right, right. And if his com badge <laughs> were just out, he couldn't pull it out of the box, and there couldn't be the big reveal of a com yeah. badge. Hey, it's like a pre- you're opening a present, Star Trek fans. Look, it's the TNG com badge. <laughs> Remember. I mean, this this whole episode is fucking member berries. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, it's, and it, just it, like it, just pay attention to that stuff and not like the dumb fucking bullshit they just like slap together uh, in like five minutes. Like, yeah, oh yeah, okay, got a long range, got got a, got a message from deep space on his on his uh, com badge. That makes sure. plenty of got sense. It. Like, literally, it is in deep space. Yeah. It's, it's near yeah. it's near the station, deep space four or eleven. We're not quite sure, <laughs> yeah. but it's one of those. So it's what. How long did it take for that message to travel? Fast. Was it? Was it? Was did it work on? Did it go on subspace relays? That's how it got fast. It got because because like, I mean, pretty pretty much all messages are sent through. Subspace, yeah, so, so it's like so what that it somehow wasn't intercepted by anyone else or like, no no because it had a codec. Remember? Oh, no. but so still, even like, if it is uh, intercepted, it has a password, and as we know in the future. Passwords can't be cracked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not or by like, any technology. And of course, it wouldn't be intercepted by any of the security that surrounds Earth. Mm. And like, okay, we've got a strange message coming from deep space to someone on Earth. From presumably a Starfleet vessel. Let's block this. From a Starfleet <laughs> vessel to a Starfleet communicator. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's block this or like, let's ask some questions. Yeah, maybe investigate. Or, or you know, let's let it go all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> that's like you're presumed because presumably it's like un it's it like anyone could have intercepted it they they wouldn't have been able to they could have cracked the codec they who knows have. i mean it was obvious we see that it's easy incredibly easy to yeah. crack to if you know if there was someone that was actually dedicated to to cracking this very easy password mm-hmm. they could have perhaps <laughs> so picard wanders into the middle of the room then suddenly remembers something and says myriad Computer, try codec myriad. And then the computer uncompresses the file and it says it's a coded message. <laughs> so it's coded too? <laughs> uh, then it says it's decrypted. So it, no, no, a codec cannot be decrypted. A codec can be uncompressed. <laughs> Decryption <laughs> is for, get, get this. Mm. encryption <laughs> weird <laughs> jesus christ um so he has the computer plate at his desk um once again d 
decompression, decoding, decryption. <laughs> very different, very different concepts here. Terry Mentalis, hope you're listening. Fucking read a book. Read, <laughs> read fucking compression for dummies or something. Yeah. IT security for dummies. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, fuck. Um, God damn it. It's bad infosec, man. Just very bad infosec. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the message is none other than Beverly Crusher saying she's encoding the message with coordinates. She says, Hellbird and John Luke, no Starfleet. Trust no one. And then she disappears. Picard sits back in his chair, confused with his dick out. <laughs> I'm going to watch that bag. I miss that Beverly Crusher. <laughs> Oh, she's looking fine. Damn. Damn. I wonder if she got an OnlyFans. I wonder if she got a BBL. <laughs> uh, so next Picard is sitting opposite Laris uh, in front of a big fireplace. And she says Crusher is terrified and injured. Picard says he hasn't spoken with her in over 20 years. Same with the rest of the Enterprise crew. Um, that's not true. Yeah. No, he's talked with like half of them. We've we've already seen him, like <laughs> R- Riker and fucking. No, like, no, no. Uh, he meant um, no one. None of the others have talked to her. Oh, God. okay, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Okay, so uh, she just cut them off. Uh, so he wonders why she'd be reaching out now. Mm-hmm. And Lara says that uh, Crusher trusts him since she used to trust him with her life, which is a weird thing. Like I don't trust anyone from twenty years ago that I trusted with my life. How about you? <laughs> I, I can't think of a single person that I trusted with my life when I was 14 years old that I'm still like eh, my brothers, both of them. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, my my youngest. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think, but I think, but I, but you know, we still got that ride or die. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, I didn't trust my brother with my life when I was 14, <laughs> but now I do. So no, it still go. holds true. Yeah. And, uh, and I did trust my parents with my life back then, but now I don't. So. But also, it's, I mean, this goes, uh, this is the same kind of premise that was in like the first one where, uh-huh. you know, people are seeking um, help, like urgent help yeah. from a hundred year old man. Yes. A hundred percent. No, and that's the thing. I have said this online several times in several places. This episode is very similar for like to the first two or three episodes of Picard season one. Mm. Incredibly similar. Yeah. It has like all the same beats. Mm-hmm. It has like all of the same like nostalgia member berry shit. Like yeah. it's it's very similarly paced, similarly written. It gives me the similar feelings of existential dread. It kind of feels like maybe they wrote this uh they wrote these scripts with like a mad libs type thing. Or just <laughs> or just like open chat GPT. Yeah, just like computer, write script. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh shit! Sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I I just thought I just thought it was so weird. Like, what is this hundred year old decrepit old man going to? Some, how is he going to spring to your aid? Like, why wouldn't like of all the people? Uh, and she doesn't the, know anyone else who's like active in Starfleet who could help her. Yeah, and and ex- or possibly closer to her like where she where wherever she is located than all the way to earth to the edge of 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 uh right. federation space so, so the only like what what is her timeline how like how it, how much in danger is she <laughs> so so the out that i'm going to give her here is she is on the edge of federation space so she might not be in federation space so she might not be able to be helped by the federation at all mm. and also uh 
Assuming that a lot of people in charge of Starfleet are compromised, it does make sense for her to contact someone who used to be in Starfleet and has the means to commandeer Starfleet but, uh, things. But compromised how? Because we don't know. We don't find that out. Uh, well, she says trust no one. She said no Starfleet, trust yeah. no one. Yeah, but 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 we don't we don't understand why, and I, I don't like that because like right. we're just I, not we're not given any kind of sense on. Okay, why can't they be trusted? Mm -hmm. What is happening? We don't want to have any kind of sense of what's happening. So she says, like, no Starfleet, trust no one, which tells me someone or something in Starfleet has been compromised. Yeah. Because there's no other way. Otherwise, she'd be asking for Starfleet's help. Mm. You know, but so she doesn't trust Starfleet, and she just basically doesn't trust anyone except for Picard, which makes sense to me because he has the means to get a ship, as we've seen in the last two fucking seasons. But and also, he is former Starfleet, so he can get some of those resources, perhaps. But also, maybe she's saying no Starfleet because maybe she's doing something unethical. That could also be the because, case, which I would actually like if, because, if that was the case. Because like she I, was like doing something really fucked up and I just like kind of think she is did something a little unethical. Uh, if she's doing a genocide, I actually think that's great writing, to be honest. Well, our... that, that's going to be the only way to like really write their <laughs> way out of this in a cool way is if she's evil. Or she's doing, I or I think she's doing some um, some for, uh, Federation forbidden uh, medical stuff. Oh, like uh, genetic engineering? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah. All right. Cloning. Ooh, I like that. Cloning uh, or something. Ooh, uh, she's got like uh, just a whole army of Shinzons that she's <laughs> yeah, making yeah. do like gay only fans. Oh shit! <laughs> she's she, she's running a fucking Andrew Tate fucking fuck house. Or she's or she's like trying to make ghosts more ghosts. She's, she's <laughs> she, she, make only phantoms. More, more Scottish candles and yeah. ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that would be funny if that's the whole reason why she said no Starfleet because she's like, oh, I could go to jail. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Lara says that uh, Crusher trusts Picard since she used to trust him with her life and they tried to be lovers. Picard says the operative word is tried. And I'm, I'm just, I couldn't figure out which hole to put it in. Yeah, I, I, I wrote here that I'm guessing the dick was just too fat for that little box, you know? Yeah. Like, it could be something else, but I'm pretty sure he was just hanging too, too much dong there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I had to get a dickectomy. <laughs> I get it. Sm I get it smaller. Com computer, shrink it. Or, or, shrink or, it. Shrink it. Dickoplasty. <laughs> yes. Um. So Picard muses on the no Starfleet thing, and Lara says, as a former intelligence intelligence officer, as we remember, I think she was part of the Z uh, Jot Bosch or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the um. Yeah. Like the the KGB. Yeah. Romulans. Um, the thought gosh. That's, that's <laughs> what I call a, a tasty gash, you know what I'm Hells saying? Yeah. Um, so uh, Lara says as a former intelligence officer, her assignment is uh, or her assessment is that Crusher is in fear, out of options, and asking for help. No fucking duck guy, come on. Yeah. Uh, this is the easiest and most obvious assessment I've heard of anybody in my life. It's like it's almost like she watched the video like everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> so her CIA training fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. uh, but she does say Picard does have to go. Yeah, which is a great way to get rid of that old dick on your fucking when you go get a new job. <laughs> yeah. uh, she tells like, him, I just need this motherfucker out of the house for yeah, like five days. Right. She tells him uh, these are the lives they chose. And there's a great bar from Chaltalk 4 that you can watch the sunset from. And she'll save him a seat. So is she going to do diplomatic stuff or is she just going to go drink? 
How long can you save a seat, man? Unclear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She tells him to mind himself and then kisses him. This is a great... She just, like, dismisses him. She's like, you're going. And he's like, uh... She's like, nope, trust me. I'm going to go do my thing. Bye. Did you want to go with me? I'm confused and it's scary out there. She's like, nope, got to do the Secret Service thing. Sorry. Uh, the music here is an overwhelmingly distracting like it usually is. And I gotta say, like, the music in this episode wasn't bad. It Mm. wasn't like Discovery where it's playing every single second of every single scene. Yeah. And, uh, like, it it didn't feel too emotionally manipulative. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, because, like, in Discovery, like, every time fucking, like, Michael Burnham starts talking like this and like almost cry whispering. Like there's always a bunch of violins and stuff and, mm. nah, 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 and shit like that. And it's, uh, uh, <laughs> thankfully they didn't do that here, which yes. is awesome. And they don't, they don't do the, the thing that they did in like the last two seasons of Picard where it's like every fucking moment has to have a musical cue that has a similar emotion. Yeah. So thank God they're not doing that. Yeah, that's one plus. <laughs> anyway. So far, two pluses for this. Yeah. Got rid of theme song. No, no, uh, no sappy. Saccharin. So it's literally all the music so yeah, far. The no, only no, good thing no, is no the music. Cloying desperate music. It, the, the best thing about this episode so far is I don't hate the music. Yeah. <laughs> Great job, question mark. Well, it is, it is, it is mostly just like Frankenstein and uh, stolen from the previous uh, more, more popular TNG products. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's actually a couple songs from like First Contact in here, which I like, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. At the end, I was just yeah. like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, next we go to a bar and will motherfucking Riker, Jonathan Frakes, my boys there drinking some whiskey. Mm-hmm. He's looking good. He's looking real good. Yeah. He, he got a haircut recently for 70 years old. That looks great. Hey, yeah, looks great. Yeah. So, um, he like looks straight up. I wrote here. He looks 10 years younger than he usually does. Yeah, he does actually. Yeah. yeah he, he definitely, I think like definitely like got a, got a nice haircut and I think lost a bit of weight for this role. He's mm-hmm. like looking very good. Yeah. He was hitting the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the Jim Kirk. Bam. I'm gonna say that he. This is the second, I mean the third plus for me for for this. Straight up, I liked Riker the whole episode. I mean Riker, he's charming. I liked yes. him the whole episode. Straight up, like I, I mean, liked. Basically, he was Riker was consistent. Riker here yes. was the same Riker we have seen on the previous seasons of Picard. Mm-hmm. The same Riker we've seen on Lower Decks, and the same Riker we saw on TNG. Yes, and the movies. Mm-hmm. He is the most like. Like acting wise, an ideologically consistent character in all of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. He is just like a guy who, you know, is quick to decisions and wants to fuck. Yeah, and and he rules. Yeah, because like for Picard, you know, we we had you know normal Picard t- through t- the TNG series mm-hmm. movies. We got psycho action Picard. Yeah, and we, now- we we got traumatized PTSD mm-hmm. from the Borg psycho action Picard. <laughs> and now we have for like doddering like. Over, 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 like overly sentimental, overly sentimental, just like annoying Picard. We, we've got, we've got, <laughs> we've got a uh, great grandpa Picard now, who's yeah, just got, like uh, who who should probably be looked after by somebody. <laughs> yeah, he definitely needs he definitely needs like an on site nurse at all times. Oh, uh, uh, I, I I like to believe that's what Laris is, and she's just like <laughs> yeah, she's just like she's like she's yes, like oh I'm of your... course I'm your lover yeah I, I, oh and she's just like joking around like oh how's my boyfriend today. <laughs> <laughs> and she just like leaves him and goes and just like goes with. yeah 
As the bartender pours a drink for Riker, he asks why they have so many little toy models of the Enterprise D in the bar. Uh, the bartender says that nobody wants them, and it's in preparation for Frontier Day, which they talk about a lot in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Riker says... And, they no, no, and nothing of what Frontier Day... <laughs> it's like, obvious. I mean, it's obviously like a, a celebration of exploration for the Starfleet. However, yeah. it's very weird that in like we don't see any any uh, celebration of it. We don't we don't see any celebration of it, and we've never heard of it before in like the eight hundred episodes of Star <laughs> Trek, which I find strange. Like you figure they would have celebrated it on like Enterprise or something like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's been more references to Captain Picard Day. That's true. There definitely has. <laughs> um. So she says nobody wants them because uh, they're fat. She says no one wants the fat ones, which is, that's that's a lie. Lots of people want the fat ones. I used to have one on my uh, keychain until mm-hmm. it broke in half. Oh, well, you no, know, it just uh, yeah, it, it just separated. It separated. Yeah, yeah, it was just doing the manual separation, yeah, <laughs> like, I, like Riker. And I guess I guess the lower half uh, exploded or something because I lost it, and I just had oh. like the little, 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 like, uh, the saucer section just hangling from my... Uh, that, from that, Mikey that just means uh, nature's trying to tell you you're a top. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, nature. Thank you, nature. Um, so uh, Riker says she'd better leave the bottle, right, as Picard walks up right behind him. Picard takes a minute to appreciate Riker before Will begins complaining about having to make a speech at Frontier Day next week, which he says is like a space parade. And uh, then he says uh, no one wants to listen to him old man making a speech but then picard says he also is making a speech at <laughs> frontier day next week which was actually a pretty fun little thing yeah um but i wish it i wish it, like it 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 like gave that joke more to live like yeah it landed better yeah it, it would have been funny if it like because because the way Riker talks in here is a little confusing a couple times it is so it's like it's not i don't know if it's duplicitous like meaningfully or like what's going on but yeah so um Riker, reading Picard, asks if he's all right. Picard says he wouldn't ask to meet if it wasn't important, and that he appreciates Riker giving up his family time, to which Riker cryptically responds that Deanna and Kestra would appreciate him being away for a bit, (laughs) which I do wonder what that means, and I hope they get more into that. There was a lot of speculation online about that. Um, I mean, she probably, you know, (laughs) probably caught him. Yeah. Fuck, fuck it yeah minuet you know yeah, it's yeah, minuet. minuet yeah yeah you know you know he put a fucking holodeck in the garage and she comes yeah. in there and his man cave yeah oh yeah, yeah. that's that's what he calls it yeah. it's the minuet cave we the know minuet cave, you yeah. know it's a, it's it's a jazz bar a hundred percent of the time <laughs> a jazz bar with like a bed in the middle of it for some reason but he just goes and just bores minuet with complaining about his wife yeah. <laughs> another drink handsome which like I, she just she always knows what I'm thinking. I fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a Mzadi. Have you ever been with someone who knows what you're thinking all the time? <laughs> well, you program me, Riker. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great when she can make you come just by a thought, but like <laughs> when she can make you guilty just by a thought. God damn it, <laughs> woman. Um. So, Riker then asks how he can help. Uh, Picard gives him the rundown and tells him what's up with Beverly and the mysterious word Hellbird, uh, which Picard is very clueless about. Riker tells him that Hellbird was a computer virus on the Enterprise when he was incapacitated by the Borg during the events of Best of Both Worlds. Uh, The virus scrambled their navigations and added uh, the digit three to the end of every number. 
which is like the worst computer virus of all time. Yeah. Like, come on, come on, Borg, what are you doing? Like, yeah. do none of you know how to program. <laughs> that's that's like that's like a, a a fucking simple virus you write in like you know, mm-hmm. uh, comp science one hundred and one. <laughs> yeah. That's like some fucking stuff you write on four, uh, uh, not Fortran, four, yeah. Whatever, like on basic. That's some mm-hmm. fucking bullshit right there. So, which tells me Terry Metalis knows nothing about computers or computing or anything, yeah. and is not going is not about to have his fucking his pride compromised by talking to someone who does work with computers. <laughs> you so, son of a bitch! Right? So Riker adds a three to all of the coordinates and finds new coordinates in the Riten system, uh, right at the edge of Federation space, which doesn't make like any sense since like. The end of coordinates or the last number is just like the very specific place it is. Like if you look at a map, the end of every digit is just the most specific, like down to the foot location. Yes. And so like putting in a three <laughs> at the end of every number wouldn't send you that far away from your original destination. It'd be like no. a few feet away. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make any fucking sense, man. I well, hate this. I mean, I hate this. I'm starting to think Terry Metalis is uh, recrystallized. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very nice way to put it. Yeah. He is completely recrystallized. Yeah. Like, like he's so recrystallized that like Carlos Mencia would make jokes about how <laughs> recrystallized he is. I mean, they, in, in Star Trek Four, they would have been like, "Is he Russian or some kind of recrystallized guy?" Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, Riker adds a three to all the digits, and they find uh, new coordinates in the writing system right outside of Federation space. Riker wonders what Crusher has gotten herself into. Picard says he's never seen her so terrified. Picard asks why she cut everybody off. Or sorry, Riker asks why she cut everybody off. Uh, but uh, Picard interrupts and says they need to find a ship. Riker says they can't charter one since it's too far, too dangerous. Picard says he can't ask Will to put himself in danger. Riker asks, since when? Which was actually a great line. Totally true to the character. Yes. And says they're due for a little road trip. Yeah. Weird phrase to use, but okay. (laughs) Uh, I know neither of them have ever driven a car. Yeah, like, (laughs) they've both ridden a horse, but never a car. Yeah, never a car. (laughs) Um so Riker, actually, no, 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 Dune Buggy in uh, Star Trek oh, Nemesis. Yeah, 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 so yeah. one of them has ridden a car. Right, one right. of them has ridden a car. All right, you win. You yep, win. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, <laughs> I said the Argo. The or Argo. No, the, the, the Argo vehicle. I think mm-hmm. the Argo is the sh- transport. Yeah. So they leave the bar, and there's some dude watching them who drops a toy of the Enterprise D into a glass as they're leaving. Which is like. Don't waste the drink like that, guy. What are you doing? <laughs> That's gross. Yeah, why wouldn't you want that cool little toy, you yeah. know? Yeah. Or the drink. Or the drink, yeah. So next we go to a planet that is labeled... I'm going to have to pause real quick and yell. Go for it. And we're back. <laughs> <sighs> this planet uh, is called M. Tallis Prime. <sighs> Obviously named after Terry Metalis, <laughs> the writer of this episode. <laughs> and it made me want to do a terrorism. But uh, yes. so it's very self-indulgent cringe stuff here, like epic levels of cringe. Mm. So such high levels of cringe that I use the word epic for it, which in itself is cringe. Yes. Um, um, 
I just hate it. Uh, <laughs> on the planet, some hooded figures walking around what appears to be an open-air 90s rave flea market. Yeah, it was it's got st- laser lights and like f- f- fog machines and shit, <laughs> yeah. and people are openly dealing drugs. So it is a '90s rave, 100. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. There's no, con- yeah. I mean, it seems like it's a pretty cool place to be. Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> someone literally calls out to Marion Drugs. What do you want? And I'm like, okay, this is the future that liberals want, <laughs> and it rules. Like they got a fucking yeah, Hamsterdam open air drug market over here, which is fucking- had like boy for sale. <laughs> Boy, for sale. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be good. And just like someone's like, "Who needs a spleen? Human spleen!" Yeah. And he pulls it right out of a dude and like holds it up. And like, oh. um, there was tons of opportunities, and they just missed. Them. Yeah, they they could have made it like an actual like Dionysus planet, and they should mm-hmm. have called it like Dionysus sixty nine. <laughs> yeah. And like everyone there is just fucking sucking and doing drugs. Exactly, that would have been cool. Yeah, why but, the fuck not? Because Terry Metalis isn't cool. I, no. we, we know this. Yeah. He's like objectively the least cool person in the Star Trek universe, I'd say. Yeah. I, I Especially would. after naming fucking M. Tallis Prime. Cringe. I mean, I'm going to guess that this is his personal mind palace. Yes. Like, uh, this is this is the wh- where he goes to escape. This is what he fills his mind with. Yeah, which is it's, it's fine if that's your own thing. But, yeah. uh, you know, making others watch it is like, <laughs> I'm not here to kink shame, but don't bring that shit out in public, nah. guy. Yeah. Come on. Like, keep it in your pants, okay? <laughs> keep it in your brain. Keep it to your dreams. Mm. No one else needs to see that. Got to ask for consent. <sighs> so... Um, somebody says to Marion Drugs, and the hooded figure sits down, and we see that it's Raffi and a guy uh, who's I think an Orion sitting next to her um, asks two days in a row. Uh, then they do a quick drug deal. It's obviously a drug deal, and he puts like he buys some food and puts like the drugs on the plate of food and hands her the plate of food, and I'm like. That was not smooth. <laughs> that was like not, you, yeah. You figure in the future. And also all completely unnecessary in this supposedly yeah, like. Like they're dealing drugs openly and someone's yelling, Tamarian drugs. And this guy's like, hey, be discreet when we're dealing the drugs. I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm going to put the drugs on this thing I'm about to put in my mouth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you know, come on, man. So the dealer says that he'd ask Rafi to get her life together, but then he'd lose his best customer. <laughs> So Rafi walks away and, and looks at the drugs and says, shit, and then sits back down. She asks her dealer to help her, saying that he knows things and hears stuff about the underworld, which that's a weird thing to just assume about your fucking dealer who you don't really talk to. Like, keep in mind, this guy is the street dealer. Yeah. This he, is, is, he answers this is, to somebody else. Yeah, this is the guy on the very bottom who hands people drugs on a plate of food. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. he's he's not the guy at the top running the underworld. Like it's like asking the guy, like you know, who gives you weed. Like you think there's another nine eleven happening yeah. the next couple of days? Straight up, <laughs> he, he's not he's not the fucking Dennis Leary in Demolition Man. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's, he's not like, he's not running the underworld, guys. Yeah, he, he is the he's low, low, low on the hierarchy. He's of, he's of, literally <laughs> a drug runner. He has the job that you give twelve year olds, and you yeah. give them that because they don't face like time yeah if because they're, they're caught always they the ones get... that get caught like yeah. come on so uh she says she's strung out um uh because her girlfriend left her and she relapsed which... I'm, I'm strung out and the only thing i need is some really really secret underground yeah. <laughs> secrets and that's the only thing that can make me straight yeah right <laughs> like 
I know I have a problem, but I need to hack into the corporate government <laughs> secrets. Yeah. Like she's doing a straight Neil Breen on this one. <laughs> I've got an addiction, and it's to really cool underground underground secrets that I can only get from you. Yep. So uh, she says she's out of Starfleet, but knows she could get back in. She names some things she heard, like weaponized tunneling tech. Obviously, Musk's the boring company. Yeah, you know, yeah. what he, that's what he's aiming for. Um, uh, and stolen ships. And says if she could tip off Starfleet about them, she could get back into Starfleet. Her dealer threatens her and uh, says not that. She gives him some more money, all of the rest of her money, in fact, and says it's the last of it. He says uh, he can't expect a junkie to know when to quit. And I gotta say, holy fucking shit. They use the word junkie in Star Trek to describe a person with addiction problems. Which is a completely pejorative fucked up name to call somebody (laughs) and something that we shouldn't be calling addicts. And something that Terry Metalis is like just throwing in here. Which is, I gotta say, the like the easiest way to recognize someone who's a liberal when they say they're a leftist is like start talking talking about like open inject you know uh, open use sites and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they will always call you know addicts and users they will always call them junkies yeah because they're subhuman to them and obviously to Terry Metalis you know users are subhuman because <laughs> that's that's a fucking neoliberal LA especially thing to believe yeah. And, uh, um, and especially yeah. since they all went and voted for the guy who's going to clean up the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the fucking, <laughs> yep, the Republican who thankfully lost. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just funny that, you know, he's just like, all right, I'll give you this one piece of information. <laughs> you fucking junkie. <laughs> right. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so he could have just lied to her. Right. (laughs) So her dealer says he knows something going down with, quote, the red lady. And I'm glad that they have in in this season of Star Trek a major plot point uh, that um, is so easy to not conflate with the red angel from season two of Discovery. I'm never going to get those two mixed up, and no Star Trek fan ever would, thankfully. No, of course not. I'm glad that they just have another red thing it's yeah. like a major plot point. That's that. that that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. helpful. Just something else that we can just be like. That's it's going to be like going to repeated ad nauseum for the rest of this ep- uh, season. Yes, yeah. and it's going to be then. Uh, you know, we'll get to it. But yeah. uh, so, Rafi tries to ask more questions, but her dealer threatens her some more and tells her to shut up. Which he should have done from the beginning. Yeah, because probably. It's like, Literally, she gave him all of her money, and he could have been like, well, fuck you, I'm taking all your money, and left. Yeah. And what could she do, right? Yeah, and also it's like, okay, this, this ex-Starfleet person's like trying to get very specific information out of me. Yeah, to get back into Starfleet. Yeah, that... Why def- would I... You know, yeah, why would I... Why would he do this? Yeah, there's no way she's Starfleet intelligence. <laughs> I know. Because a Starfleet intelligence person would never, you know, pose as a user in order to get information. No one goes undercover like that 
ever in any police operation. That's Shut why, the fuck up. That's why it would have been funny if, like, he just said, yeah, I got a bit of information. It's called Red Flag. It's <laughs> 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 like, just, like, fucking with her because, like, obviously she's just giving nothing but red flags. Yeah. She's dressed in red. Yes. <laughs> it's just, like, and, um, uh, like you're yeah you're cl- like he's clearly been made like he's yeah. uh, any 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 rep- reputable guy i mean mm-hmm. but also this is just a fucking street dealer what would he know no, he no he knows a lot <laughs> about the underground yeah. right so so now it, Raffi wanders off and uh into further in the market and pulls out a flip communicator and immediately identifies herself as starfleet intelligence <laughs> in public yes in public in the same place that this dealer who knows a lot about the underground. 10 feet away. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, because also that's one thing, like, you know, obviously, like, also street dealers t- typically have someone else who act, acts as a lookout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like someone, someone looking out, you know, this guy, and also if he's also well-connected, he probably has eyes everywhere. Yeah, and also he probably just has a regular pair of ears that can hear 10 feet away and hear the lady he just talked to pull out a fucking flip phone and go, hey, I'm Starfleet Intelligence, by the way. I got the super secret information from the guy. Hey, this is Raffi, but not the banana phone Raffi, the black lady from Star Trek Picard. And that's right. He totally fell from my disguise. Yeah, it was it, yeah. This, this like I'm like. This whole Raffi thing, mm-hmm. like Raffi's entire segment, this whole B plot, because this is like the B plot of this episode. Sure, and I, it is it is like frustratingly stupid to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's also, I mean, you were talking about like how like you know the, you know, this episode is like very much is like basically word for word like the first episode, like pretty much of like this of, of is it, you know what else it is? It's um. It's the uh, Star Trek, or sorry, Star Wars Episode Seven, but applied to Star Trek. Yes, it's literally all fucking member berries, mm-hmm. all all goodwill nostalgia. Like if they put actors, like other actors that weren't in TNG in all these people's places and tried to play it the same, yeah. everyone would fucking hate yeah, it. But everyone like, would hate but like, it so like, much. Like, 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 like how like that? You know, this is just like you know, like the Picard's plot is just like word for word like the other episodes Mm -hmm. Raffi's whole thing is basically every single undercover trope yes (laughs) like it is like i i know exactly where this whole arc is going for her and it is like it's so painfully obvious like like it's it drives me nuts yes (laughs) me too we'll we'll get to we'll get to we will um so uh Raffi pulls out her her phone contacts starfleet intelligence and uh requests a debriefing and some more money. <laughs> very, uh, very out and open too. Like, I need money, please. To yeah. bu- amongst all the, all the, underworld. all the drug dealers and people who want to steal her money. After she gave away all of the money to her drug dealer, yeah. And he's still ten feet away, and he's probably like, oh, she has more money. <laughs> oh, wait, she's Starfleet intelligence. <laughs> yeah. I fucked up. Like, yeah. come on, God, come on. Yeah, this, this is just fucking Jack Ryan. Uh, like yes. this, uh, this is like just like every Jack Ryan, every like you know, it's like a departed type thing. This is like Raffy departed. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. right. It's it is, this is it, like once go like watching this like I don't know the Ra- the Raffy stuff. Raffy was already kind of like one of the weakest characters for me. Yeah, like I feel like uh, if they got rid of anyone, like I feel like I, I feel it's weird they got rid of Rios because like 
he, I felt, as for the new characters, I felt was the strongest. No, as- no. It makes sense why they got rid of <laughs> Rios because he, he did a good job on the last season yeah. and moved on to better things. Because <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was honestly, like, out of all the new characters they've introduced to the series, I think he was the most charismatic. Yeah. And I think... I, mean, I, I like, well, I guess Maddox wasn't a new character, but I like Bruce Maddox a good bit. Yeah. He was yeah. fine. He was fine. You know, yeah. like the the legacy characters are pretty much fine for the most part. Yeah. Also, Laris is a decent character. Yeah, Lar- Laris is good. You yeah. know, I'm glad they kept her. Mm-hmm. But like, but like, you know, killing killing him off mm-hmm. essentially, and then just keeping. I mean, they did good. They got they they got rid of Elnor. Oh yeah, Lego Ninjago. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad there's no Elnor oh, or the girl. Although although they made him an EMH, and so yeah. they, they they got no, him. Well, he's still back alive at the end of the thing. Oh, that's right. Q Q resurrected him. Fuck. Yeah. So he there. That's God the thing. He, damn he it! I hate a, that. He does have a potential to God return. damn it! I hate that Pat. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but like they kept uh, Raffy, who I cannot stand. Like I think I, I mean, think she's one of the most. Michelle Her is. An acceptable enough actress. Yeah. Um, the character they have her play, though, I do not like her character. No, no. She's. I mean, in what she stands for, she's like plagued with all of the problems that Picard says multiple times in TNG have been fixed. Yeah. In Starfleet, not just like remediated a little bit and like mitigated a little bit. Fucking fixed. Yeah. We don't have drug problems on Earth anymore because we got rid of the reasons people did drugs. <laughs> yeah. Like we've like, yeah, we've, we have like ways to help addiction. Yeah. We have ways, we have like the help for people if they need it. It's, it's, it's freely available and there's no barrier or shame to seeking out this help. No, maybe, maybe they got rid of like a drug addiction or like addiction help and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, after the fucking synths attack, because yeah. the whole the whole society obviously became more conservative after yeah. the synths attack. Maybe they just rolled back everything, right? Yeah, and and that's what and that's why I think like is like a weakness definitely of the writers for this because it's like they clearly have like either the inability or unwillingness to like th- to think of a world in a in a post scarcity utopia how that would be like they're more they're more they're they're their entire uh, view is still stuck in modern day uh, United States. Right. And that's the thing is they see the future as an extension of now. And so they fully believe that the future will be just as neoliberal as it is now. Exactly. And I refuse to believe (laughs) that because I mean, and also that is completely inconsistent with the entire tone of all Star Trek Mm -hmm. up until the new series. Yeah. Like it, it sucks. Yeah, and then that's that was the yeah because like you know is humanity was always supposed to be like p- past all that, mm-hmm. and we were supposed to be commenting on those on the modern day right. things and through 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 a through a um, aesthetic distance through other right. aliens. And that, that's one thing that's great about DS Nine is we see those decisions being made, mm-hmm. the very undesirable ones, but there is so much context behind it. Like yeah. in the pale moonlight, fucking. You know, Cisco does what you could consider like a war crime, right? Mm-hmm. But he has fucking reasons. He yeah. has real reasons that agree with them or not. Most people do agree with them mm-hmm. in his position. And so like Yeah, he was pushed to a certain point where right. he had to He tried everything else. Yeah. And it didn't work. And so he mm-hmm. had to do that. It wasn't his first option. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. It's like uh, in this, like violence is the option. Violence, yeah, violence is the first is option fun. and the only option. Yeah. And so I'm just whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's and it's just like 
yeah, and of course, like, you know, I mean, and Terry Metalis is definitely, like, positioning himself as as the Gene Roddenberry. He's he's the he is the ethical ethical core of this entire <laughs> of it's, this it's, entire. he's one of <laughs> he's one of two of the showrunners though. Yeah. And he's got a boss too. You yeah. know, Alex Kurtzman's still his boss. So yeah. I'm just like, why is he taking so much of this? Yeah, both these guys they that's that's the that's the ethical that's they're the moral center of these of these of these uh episodes and Great. it's very very apparent. Great. <laughs> So, um, next we're on a shuttle headed towards Earth space dock uh, with uh, Picard and Riker. Actually, it looks really good. Um, yeah. But honestly, not as good as the TOS films. No. Model supremacy. <laughs> yeah. uh, Picard questions Riker's plan, uh, which Riker insists is in fact a ruse. Uh, Riker says they're just two highly ranked members of Starfleet doing a routine inspection. Picard says they could be court-martialed for it. And Riker says only if they get caught. But then again, like, fucking Picard's already retired, so who cares? Um, yeah. And uh, tells him to put on his inspection face, uh, which was actually my moment for the entire episode. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the moment where I'm like, yeah, there's actually these two characters, being these two characters, that's great, awesome. Um, he tells him, uh, he tells Picard to put on one of the rigid, sour expressions he's famous for, and Picard's reaction is exactly what Riker's looking for. Very good comedy. I liked it. It was true to the characters. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, uh, they dock at Earth Space Dock um, and into the USS Titan A, Riker's old command in a new Constitution. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, new Constitution class refit. Riker says the captain, Captain Shaw, will need some convincing to go to the Federation border, as he's not a very friendly face. But Riker says Picard will probably recognize the first officer. Um, it's weird that he doesn't know who the first officer is. Let's be honest; it's <laughs> yeah. very strange. Yeah, has he not been like? Uh, I guess they don't have like any sort of like social media where they keep up to date, where they keep contact with each other. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. So, <laughs> you know, this person that they just had two crazy ass adventures with, right? <laughs> so uh, the door to the ship opens, and the first officer is none other than Seven of Nine. Say what? Uh, who in the first season uh, they said was denied entry into Starfleet uh, after <laughs> she came back with Voyager. Um, so she became a vigilante with the Rangers for like 15 years, and then we had the uh, the events of Star Trek Picard uh, season two, and mm-hmm. uh, one and two. Um, so I guess Starfleet just changed their mind after last season. Yeah. I, I don't guess. know. She, they were like, when she came back with Voyager, they were like, hey, uh, so you did save the universe, and the entire crew of this vessel, but no, you can't be here. And so, <laughs> and so the last season after the events of the last season, they're like, Hey, you saved uh, the entire universe and the crew of this much smaller vessel. So yeah, I guess you can come in now. Yeah. Why not? Why not now? Well, I mean, it's, been, now, well, it's been 20 years. Well, they've now technically allowed the Borg into the Federation. So they, they, I mean, they have, but at the same time, this is also right pretty much directly after the giant synth ban and mm. so you figure they'd still be like very skeptical towards like cybernetic or previously cybernetic you know life forms and stuff yeah. like that you think they're gonna have any sort of a Girardi references in this god i fucking hope not yeah but it's just the way they just glossed over and just totally retconned she's not allowed into starfleet yeah. I, I don't know like they could have just done it with one fucking line Yes, and so what did she? She went through the academy as like a forty something. That's also what I'm wondering as like, well. And then yeah. she, and she and and that's the thing where 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 the 
time lapses indeterminate. Like yeah, she went to so a how, four year Starfleet Academy. Just wh- whenever she yeah, had her time, or maybe like maybe she was since she technically I guess served on Voyager. I think she it's kind of like you right, know. which which would be a good reason to let her into Starfleet when she returned from mm. the oh, Voyager abso- mission. Oh, absolutely. But apparently they said no. Yeah. Uh, according to Picard season one. And now that doesn't matter. Well, now I'm wondering. Well, that's why I'm wondering if like they're just like now that now that it doesn't matter. Like, okay, well, because of your ser- previous service, we're giving you like you're you're blowing through like all the lower ranks and you're going straight up to commander. Yeah, which I mean that would that would make sense, but them just letting her in after 20 years, I need a reason why they let her in. Yeah. Because they gloss over it and say that, that Picard and Janeway convinced her mm-hmm. to get into Starfleet, which is like, I think the bigger hurdle was Starfleet not allowing her <laughs> to be in Starfleet. She tried, because in the first season, she said she tried to be into Starfleet. She didn't need convincing. Mm-hmm. She didn't. They said She said they wouldn't allow her. Completely inconsistent. <laughs> inconsistent. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, so... Yeah, and I wrote a lot about that. So Riker and Picard <laughs> step onto the ship and are greeted by Seven, who introduces herself as Annika Hansen, as Captain Shaw prefers to dead name her. Mm. Fuck you, Captain Shaw, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, she is. Yeah, I real- wonder why he gets to have that determination. I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me at like, all. Yeah, it's so fucked up. And so, well, I think they're trying super hard to paint him as villainous. Right, which is, I mean, he is too mustache twirly. You yeah. know, you, you know, and and like the scene with him is the fucking, uh, the fucking audacity scene from Star Trek Picard season one. Yeah, it's literally it is. the same yeah. fucking scene, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about. And that's that. and that's what make that like all these scenes make me make me believe that Alex Kurtman and Terry Metalis have a, a huge contempt for Starfleet. Yes, and 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 that contempt is and just the fact you know you can't well, trust Starfleet and like well the, the contempt is it's not enough like the CIA and the U.S. government yeah. and so every single every single time that Starfleet has to be involved they're always painted as either just incompetent evil or just like irrelevant to the, the to the events of these things yeah it's it's weird to think about in Star Trek Picard Starfleet has never been the good guy no not on any of the three seasons so far. No. No, it's it's always been Picard acting alone on his own interests outside of Starfleet that mm-hmm. saves the day in the universe. Yep, that sucks. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah. So start, and that's the thing. Like, I I I always want like when the te- when the when the second season first episode tease like you know it had sort of like very you know very just like oh are we returning to like a typical you know we had rios on the on the as the captain of the stargazer i'm like yeah. ooh, are we gonna have like an actual right they could they could have commissioned that ship and made it a like a fucking uh, starfleet vessel but yeah. but they're like no nah, no nah. because that's actually how i initially was imagining how picard was like the picard series was gonna go like mm-hmm. he was just going to be as like an advisor on like a Starfleet vessel, yeah, that would which, have been or or either that or like an ambassador mm-hmm. going from planet to planet doing yeah. different things. Like I mean, he, maybe he's like, yeah, he's like he's like assigned to like a Starfleet vessel, mm-hmm. and sort of you know he and he has and, you know he kind of has to answer to a to a captain, and that yeah. could, that could have there's had contention like, there because yeah. yeah, especially if he's like only in a diplomatic role, he has no he only has like soft power, mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, it and, and he kind of goes into and he kind of falls into a more. You know, it's kind of like a more mentoring relationship, you know, yeah. and him kind of just like, you know, him, you know, 
like leading the next generation type mm-hmm. thing and that's that's why i would have kind of liked to see yeah. but you and know that, that obviously that would have been really cool in like lieu of him like you know because like unlike kirk he like never had kids or anything right yeah. and so like it'd be cool for or him. did he no, I'm kidding. um so it would be really cool for him to like you know be you know pass on his own essence because Mm -hmm. we know he's like one of the coolest motherfuckers in all of starfleet history Mm -hmm. and so he would want to be passed on although it seems that everyone in starfleet thinks he's a a fucking failure yeah exactly everyone in starfleet fucking (laughs) hates picard yeah it's crazy yeah and having him act like a more diplomatic diplomatic role and mentoring role would Mm -hmm. have made sense given his age and like you know the fact that he is the space lawyer like Mm -hmm. He is like yeah. the guy. He wasn't known for his like his action scenes. He was known for always. Being... Excuse me. Have you seen the the TNG movies? <laughs> I mean, have, you, have you have you not seen Star Trek uh, First Contact, dude? Come on, come yeah. on. He he swings on a fucking <laughs> rope, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> he wears a gray tank top, Pat. I know. I know. He has a gun, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> but. I, but we'll see. I mean, we're gonna obviously like this Shaw person. He's he doesn't have a long lifespan. I'm guessing. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, and apparently, he was uh, also an actor from Twelve Monkeys, the show. Yeah. So, so I, this I, is. I watched a couple episodes. That I didn't yeah. really finish it. Yeah, uh, my brother really likes it. I, I've heard a lot of people who really like it. Apparently, mm-hmm. like uh, Akiva Goldsman actually did good on that. But um, oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, uh, he was the showrunner for that. So. I really liked the movie. Like, mm. I watched. I used to watch the movie on repeat. I, I love the movie. Yeah, Terry. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I don't know if there's a bad Terry Gilliam film. He is a consistent fucking director. Yeah, like he, I, I really like his stuff. He do be. He do be. Indeed. Uh, go watch uh, Brazil. Yeah, amazing film. Brazil rocks. Probably his best. No, definitely <laughs> his best. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Captain Shaw's a dead namer. Go fuck yourself. Uh, so she's really not okay with being dead named, but welcomes him anyway. Uh, we see. Why? <laughs> like, I don't know. We see a, we see a lot of crew members from like a lot of races we really haven't seen before. No. We see uh, we see a trill, a couple uh, Orions, a Tellarite, mm. uh, some other folks. Uh, some something that looks like a changeling, but I'm not sure. Mm. Did you see that one? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. It see had that like one. yeah, like almost no facial features, and it was really flat, like a changeling. I'm like, that can't be a change. There's no way. I have they, to go back and rewatch. Yeah, it. Yeah, I don't. I I think it'd be healthy to not let changelings into Starfleet. To <laughs> yeah. be honest, like basically everything else would be okay, but that's like just asking for trouble, right? Yeah. I don't know about that one. <laughs> like even even after they what. Fucking, what do they do with a female changeling? They, like, didn't they imprison her or something? No, they sent her back. Oh, they just sent her back? Okay, yeah. so she's still back there. She's just, yeah. Yeah, I think they just came to a truce. Right, right. Okay, so I could have sworn they actually did something to her, but maybe not. Um, so um, uh, they enter the bridge, and Seven announces Admiral on the bridge. Uh, she also tells uh, the boys that they will be eating with Captain Shaw tonight but to lower their expectations, which is uh, very cryptic. Yeah. Uh, the bridge is all right here, but uh, holy shit, it's fucking dark. Like, <laughs> this whole show is dark, but this bridge is especially poorly lit. Mm. Like, everything is black on black and blue. Yeah. And it's, like, not easy to see the contrast between things. I feel that's an OSHA violation, honestly. Probably. Like, <laughs> it's, like- it, it's like, I mean, I wouldn't shop in a store that looked like that. It's, like, way too fucking much, man. Yeah. It's, like, contrast. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a girl here smiling at Picard 
just a big smile, just staring at him. Seven orders her back to her station, calling her LaForge. I think first, like, uh, doesn't Picard say, like, what's wrong with that girl, with, the, with that ensign? Some, something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, Picard then asks if she's Sydney LaForge, daughter of Geordi. She says, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Uh, Riker <laughs> asks uh, what her nickname was at Starfleet Academy. And then he answers his own question saying Crash LaForge because... She loved playing Crash Bandicoot. Exactly. (laughs) It was actually Smash LaForge because she was a slut. She she just played Smash Brothers a lot. Oh, yeah, true. true, Um, She she played Kirby. It reminds me, I used to to date a girl named Ashley who I think Brandy used to call Smashly because all I'd do is like, fuck her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... uh, how so she's manually she's crashed a shuttle twice yeah how how do you manually crash a shuttle at starfleet academy twice how do you even crash a shuttle i mean they did it with uh i mean uh how are they not doing flight tests in the holodeck i mean wesley did wesley and his and the the gang did how I it's just like it's they mm-hmm. should have gotten beyond that especially since like everything's automated on the ship now like mm-hmm. how, how are they hitting the planet with the ship yeah. like they should have redundancies that do not let that happen yeah you would that's think. just me that's just me <laughs> yeah it would seem like okay maybe you shouldn't be at the helm yeah probably <laughs> you, maybe you shouldn't be you know steering a ship if you keep on crashing one that's like a, a hundredth its size. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, do, I do hope they just called her Crash throughout the end. That would thing. be kind of funny. Crash LaForge. Yeah. Um, so uh, Seven asks, asks um, Admiral Picard to take them out, but Picard gives her the honors. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty great special effect shot here, although I'm not crazy about the look of the Titan A. I don't think it's a that well-designed ship. It looks really small and kind of puny, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Seven has the bridge prepare for warp, and Picard asks if maybe they should alert engineering that they're going to warp 9.99. But Seven insists that's all automated now. Picard tells her she'll be a captain before she knows it, and Riker tells him that's a great recovery, which is pretty charming and very, very Riker. I, yeah. you know, Once again, Riker is well-written in this episode, which is weird because no one else is. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, next we get a fucking Hannibal-ass shot directly from the series Hannibal um, of someone pouring wine and then eating food with a little bit of sauce off a very white plate. It's literally from Hannibal. Playing classical music. Yeah, yeah. It's literally a scene from Hannibal. I'm like, what? What?" Yeah, I mean, and they do, yeah, they're uh, establishing, like, that he is, like, up up a crust and and, and, and just, like, there's this whole class divide between him Mm. and, but as if, like, you know, trying to form some sort of class divide between, like, the fucking classical music enjoyer Picard. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's right. just like, it, I just thought that was just funny. Like, it was silly. It yeah. was, it was dumb is what it was. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're definitely like, we're, they're definitely just like trying, hitting you over the head that we do not like this Shaw guy. Yeah. He doesn't show up to yes. let the ship out of, out of moorings. He doesn't yeah. like, he doesn't greet, he doesn't greet a former captain and the Admiral, you mm-hmm. know, it, it doesn't. Okay. So, so Shaw, Mm-hmm. You think he's going to go the way of Jellico, or the way of every other bad captain? Like that's a thing. You think he's you think he's going to be right about everything, or you think he's going to be wrong about everything? All right, 
I actually I want him to be right about everything. Oh, that'd absolutely. be good writing. Actually, no, yeah. Actually, I do. I feel he is right about everything, mm-hmm. except for like the dead name anything. No, that's but, very like, wrong. Yeah. But everything else, like this whole conversation, he's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like he's absolutely correct. Yeah, that's why I'm like, oh no, he's 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 fucking jellicoing it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm what and you know the smart thing would be like because like really to vindicate him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and really like Picard is very wrong here. Yeah, because. For one, like what they're what they're going to ask him, mm-hmm. and or, or they're duping him, really. They're, they're yeah, they're as, tricking him. As, as Riker and, said, and, it's a ruse. It's and, not a plan. And and they undermine undermine his like authority on the ship. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, he is responsible for all the souls on the ship. Mm-hmm. He is a hundred like mm-hmm. like he. They are taking this ship unknowingly mm-hmm. into a potentially dangerous situation mm-hmm. that they may not be. They, they they have no idea. They may not be even fucking prepared for. Mm. So they could be putting all these people's lives in danger, and they're and they're just being all secretly tee hee about it. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's like the 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 correct thing, even though you know what's her face said, don't trust Starfleet because you know Starfleet's bad. Right. Like like I think they have a responsibility, and Picard would have had like Picard would have would have. If this happened to fucking TNG Picard, he would have explained to the captain exactly what's going on. Yeah, and also like he would have if this if someone tried to do this shit to him, which they kind of did, you know, in uh, that one, you know, the admiral and old man makeup, you know, pretty much yeah, yeah, yeah. using him to get revenge. Like he was fucking pissed. Yeah, and it's just like and and if he felt he was duped for Mm -hmm. some sort of like personal thing Mm -hmm. and put and you know potentially throwing them into a situation not prepared for he would have been fucking livid it's almost it's almost <laughs> like he's written without empathy yeah it's almost yeah and yeah. and and i feel like if if picard was was if this was real picard he would have like spilled the beans to shaw you've been like shaw we really need you for this yeah like we could be going into a situation that's unsafe. Mm-hmm. I want you to be prepared, and like I, I, you know. But he instead they're just like tricking him, and yep. so I feel like he's right. Yeah, he, Shaw's so, right. But. So Seven walks the boys into the room and introduces them to Shaw. <laughs> uh, he asks them to join and insists that there's no need for introductions. As Shaw is already eating, Picard asks if they're late. Shaw says no, but his reputation preceded him so far into the room. He decided to start early, which is like rude. Uh, I think That's I think weird. he's I think this is like a bit. I think he's trying to to be big, rude. Yeah. Well, big dick them because like for one, I think he's probably insulted that he that they that they're inspecting his ship, inspecting in the first his place. ship, and sort of like and also I, he probably feels like they probably have some sort of like questions about his leadership style. So I think he was probably just like you know <laughs> fuck you, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Picard gives Shaw. A bottle of his own wine, which is like, oh, I bet you spent a bunch of money on that. Um, and Shaw <laughs> says he's more of a Malbec man himself, which, yeah. um, how are you comparing single varietals to Bordeaux, especially since Bordeaux does have Malbec in it? It's one of the five fucking varietals, and you don't know how much Malbec is in there, you <laughs> fucking. Oh, so is this something else Terry Metalis has no idea uh, what uh, is, uh, anything about? Yeah. yeah I'm going to say I don't know shit about wine. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I know a lot about wine, and it's like, 
I mean, you could say that, but like fucking like compare it to either like another blend, mm. like comparing blended wines to single varietals doesn't make sense because they're, they're two very different things. Mm -hmm. They're different genres of wine, really. Mm. Like if he would have said like, I prefer a Chianti or something, I would have accepted that. Mm. But what he says, I'm like, just like, no, <laughs> no, dog. I prefer a nice Chianti. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That would have kept him with the Hannibal. Yep, game. right. So um, <laughs> Shaw says he takes Riker as a bourbonista, <laughs> which I'm, I'm pretty sure he's trying to emasculate him with that, but I'm yeah. not sure it's funny. I think he is, yeah. So uh, Riker says he enjoys the occasional old-fashioned, but wonders what gave Shaw that idea. Shaw says all of the bebop he had to purge from the system <laughs> when he took command speaks to his freewheeling loosey-goosey Kentucky mash kind of style. How how small are like the data banks in this this fucking this the ship that he has to purge it of all of the bebop? I think I think it's just like a per, a personal. I think it's just like he's just being vindictive. A, yeah, and he's he's like no one on the ship is ever going to listen to this fast jazz. <laughs> Fuck you, fast jazz likers. Fuck you, jazz. Um, so Riker asks if he doesn't like jazz, and Shaw admits that he doesn't. He likes tempo and meter, and when the fuck did everyone in Starfleet get so fucking rude? <laughs> I just, I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate how everyone's written here. I hate how dark everything is, and yeah. how everyone's like a dickhead for no reason. Yeah. Like, if it was Jellico, literally, he's a dickhead, and then... Directly after it gives the reason why he's being a dickhead. Mm -hmm. It's consistent. It's real. It's like what an officer in any fucking position would do. Whatever. Um, so, um, I I missed my place here. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. So, um, like. The most uncordial anybody ever got in TNG was Jellicoe, who is literally just giving direct orders to people. Mm. Uh, here, Shaw is, like, excoriating, essentially, retired command for what? Yeah, I for mean... For saving the universe a dozen fucking times? I mean, like, I think kind of like, you know, what we saw in, like, kind of like some of the trailers, you know, we see, you know, Picard on the on the bridge, mm -hmm. you know, dealing with people. So I'm I'm guessing, like, we're definitely setting up for, you know... Shaw, to, you know, Shaw to be the villain, be a villain, be a villain, or yeah, say he's like, oh, I have no idea what's, or incapacitated somehow, probably. Yeah, that's why I was, that's why I was being hopeful. Like I was thinking, like I'm hoping, like we're gonna have a Jellico type redemption, but like, given oh like God. how stupid the writing is on this, I'm oh gonna guess God. no. If they, if they lorca him, I'm still <laughs> yeah. gonna do this podcast, but I'm already not doing it willingly. <laughs> Just, mm -hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I hate this. <laughs> so uh, Shaw says he likes tempo and meter and that they'll find the inspection very boring because apparently he's never heard of, you know, like swing jazz or big band jazz or mm -hmm. things that have tempo. And God damn it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Terry Metallus doesn't know fucking shit about jazz either to top it off. <laughs> jazz, wine, Star Trek. He just doesn't care. Codex. Codex. Yeah. What does this motherfucker know? Nothing. Um... So Picard asked why he likes those things, and Shaw says they won't be blowing things up, uh, taking or engaging in fire, crash landing, or the usual for, quote, you boys. Um, the boys. I just, what, what is wrong with this fucking asshole? Like, 
Picard has first contacted 27 different species. He saved the world from the Borg at least three times, and from the Nexus, and from the Remans. He's saved the universe many times, and this guy is calling him reckless, and it's so disrespectful and stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said, like, this is, like, sheer fucking hubris. Yes. All over again. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they're really they're 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 really hitting you over the head with it, which I think mm. is really very obnoxious. It is. It's like we've all watched TNG. We know how good this crew is and how well respected they are. They're literally all kept in their exact same positions as the crew of the flagship mm. of Starfleet, which tells me, at least for those seven years. Starfleet really respected what they did. Yeah, they're living legends. And then after that, they just save Earth a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. And Starfleet's like, what? Instead, they teach classes about how great Miles O'Brien is, who like <laughs> actually did fucking war crimes and shit. <laughs> like, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> come on. So, Picard says he and Riker would like to change course. And, uh... Tells Shaw that they want to go to the Riton system to prove how efficient the Titan is. Okay, first off, this is a bad lie. I know it is like this is the best they came up with. Yeah, literally, like, they, like, like Picard. <laughs> Picard could have been like, uh, "I'm visiting an old friend on Deep Space Eleven or some shit." Like, there's so many things out there. Like, there was clearly enough time mm -hmm. between the like to get to this thing. They couldn't have worked out. On the shuttle, on the way to the fucking Titan, they couldn't have fucking hashed oh, out. They they did, <laughs> but Picard is so fucking old that he forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he, he had it written on his hand, but it's all like smudged now and shit. And he's like, <laughs> we want to... Um, I love you, uh, mommy. <laughs> I think my diaper's wet. <laughs> Laris? Where's my girlfriend, Laris? Uh, <laughs> she said she'd wait for me. Uh, you mean your you mean your live-in mate? has nurse. been dead for years. <laughs> she died on Romulus Picard. <laughs> so, um, uh, then Picard says they want a final engineering inspection at Deep Space Four. Things get real quiet, and Shaw says DS Four has been shut down for a year now. Seven corrects him uh, and says, oh, Deep Space Eleven. But then Shaw says, no. <laughs> Which, honestly, big dick move. I love it. I mean, he, he's absolutely right. Like, mm. they, okay, they want to go to a place. They mm. have no clear plan. Mm -hmm. Like, they have, like, this sound, this sound, this already sounds fucking fake. Yeah, right? Like, like he, so, so the reason Shaw gives is uh, he says he, he don't get to where he is by, like, letting the train run and then moving the track in front of it. Which, yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, yeah, also, don't they already have some sort of, like, marching orders where they're yeah. supposed to go anyway? Go, yeah, they're supposed to go somewhere <laughs> for Federation Day, but, uh, Riker is like, oh, well, you do it to prove how efficient the Titan is, you know? You uh, you get there at the exact same time, taking a route that's, like, twice as long. You do mm -hmm. it for bragging rights, is what he says. <laughs> this is Starfleet, guy. This is, like, a professional science organization. It's built on contacting new species, not bragging rights. <laughs> yeah. Don't you already have bragging rights? You saved the universe from the Borg three times. And that just also goes to show, like, any other... Any, it, like, if they were 
genuinely serious about pulling this plan off. Mm -hmm. They probably would have like looked up Shaw and seen what motivates him. Like, right, but and, instead they're like, oh, we got a friend with seven. She needs to be included in the cast because she needs her SAG yeah. paycheck. But it's just like, yeah, it's like, okay, well, you know, if you want to pull this plan off, you can't just say anything to this fucking guy. You have no idea. What, it, you know, obviously he's a fucking hard ass. Right. And it's like, okay, well, you want to appeal to that. You want to appeal to something. And so they don't, they bear, they don't even like, they, that shows the content they have for him where they don't even bother to like learn what makes him tick or mm -hmm. what are something that he, that he would be convinced into doing. Yeah, and, but, but and they don't. Even, and they don't. Also, the truth never bothers across their mind. They bought. They lie to another fucking Starfleet captain, right? Which is they do not give him the professional courtesy that they expect themselves. Yeah. So, which is thinking without empathy. Yeah, and so and so then they're shocked that he doesn't return it. Yeah, and so so <laughs> after this, to be even ruder on their part, Picard and Riker both try to pull rank. Yeah, even though Picard's <laughs> retired. And Riker is a captain as well, so he doesn't outrank him. Yeah. And he also doesn't have a command, so he mm. can't outrank him. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, Shaw <laughs> persists, rightfully so. He says he loves them and loves reading about their wild and equally irresponsible adventures. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, yeah, yeah maybe they, they were a little reckless, but at the same time, once again, save the universe at well, least I think, times. I think he's just. I think he wants to fuck with them. Yeah, I guess so. But still, yeah. it's just like, come on. Mm. Um, he, But he says he has orders that come down from actual officers above their pay grade. Yeah. So, request denied. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, all right, cool. I, I agree with that. Yeah, so seven I know. That's, I, I, you're supposed to, I think you're, so, as the viewer, you're supposed to leave like this motherfucker. But I was like, oh, I mean, he's making a good point. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> So Seven says if she talks with LaForge, they could find a way, but Shaw insists uh, her loyalties lie with the ship and not with retirees and a former ex-Borg. Which, <laughs> saying that in front of in front of Seven... Yeah, well, I, I think... I don't know. There's too much going it's, on. It's definitely kicking the dog. Yeah, like, it is. They're, they're like, we're, it's we it's need, fucked up is what yeah, it is. We it's, need, it's like racist. Like, like, we need to drive home that we don't like this guy, so yeah. we just need to... Not only do we need to make him... Not, not just not just professionally mean, but personally too. Personally mean. Which I'm like, that's it's so stupid. It's so mustache twirly, which yeah. which can be fun. But this guy's not gay in camp enough to <laughs> twirl his mustache. <laughs> no, like you got to be at least like half one half of a dick dastardly in in terms of gay and silly mm -hmm. in order to twirl a mustache. Yeah, and he's neither of those things. No, and yeah, I, I thought I thought the I thought the I, I, the kicking the dog thing was completely uncalled for and yeah, unnecessary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was it was just like yeah, okay. I mean, he was almost reasonable up to this point, but like calling them irresponsible and then calling him an ex Borg. Yeah, I'm just like you could have just said a retired. Yeah, you don't have loyalties to doddering old fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he. It would have been hilarious if he would have said that. Like, yeah, I would have been uh, like, all right, are, you're are, right. Let, go are, off, queen. Yeah, are are you gonna take fucking orders from a dementia patient and then yeah. like fucking like finish it? Fucking drains his glass of wine and walks out. That would have been awesome. But uh, awesome. aren't you a motherfucking robot, dude? Shut yeah, up. right. I mean, fuck. Do we even let you in Starfleet now? Come yeah. on, man. Um. But uh, so uh, Picard and Riker walk out of uh, the hallway and uh, unsure of what to do and with concern for Crusher growing. 
Kurtz is short of mutiny. He does not know how to proceed. Seven's standing behind him, though, <laughs> and hears this and sighs. So back on Terry Metallus Prime, um, Raffi is watching some videos of her daughter on the La Cerita. Uh Suddenly, she gets a message from her handler. Whoa! Uh, Raffi says she hasn't found anything on the Red Lady, and her handler doesn't know anything either. Raffi requests a face-to-face meeting, but it's denied. Uh, she says she's spiraling, having been undercover for months to figure out who stole the weapons from the Daystrom Institute. She says she doesn't know what the Red Lady is, but she sends ev- or she spends every second of every terif- uh, of every day terrified the weapon will be used to hurt people. She tells. Um, well, good thing they have the best person they can get on the case. Yeah, right? <laughs> Raffi's the one for the job. She tells mm-hmm. her handler they don't know how hard it is to be in this world, but the voice says they do, and they pull up Raffi's full file, highlighting her dishonorable discharge, her mental health problems, and her drug addiction. Mm-hmm. So someone went ahead and actually like uh, blew up the screens on here mm-hmm. and uh, and actually like found out what what specifically it said on there. Here's some interesting stuff. So uh, Rafi's birth date is April 9th, 2353, one day after my birthday, oh. uh, which is the same year that Jack Crusher dies, uh, the same year that Will Riker and Jordi LaForge enter Starfleet Academy, and the year Nog is born on Ferenginar. Interesting. Um, another thing, uh, Rafi's time in exile before season one came after a long string of dishonorable Starfleet behavior, including, it's listed, disobeying orders, hacking databases, showing up to work intoxicated, (laughs) and the one I find far most interesting, stalking Admiral Janeway. What? Yep. (laughs) I didn't even see that. Yep. It's it's blurry, but it definitely says that. Damn. Starfleet changed her record. Uh, It also says she was dishonorably discharged for saying that the uh, Zot Vosh were the ones who like orchestrated the um, the synths uh, blowing up Mars or whatever. Oh right? shit! So she um, was a truther. Yeah, and she was a truther, and so she was discharged for that. But then uh, her record was cleared, and she was reinstated after the Zot Vosh connection was uncovered at the end of season one, mm. paving uh, the way for her return to Starfleet. So apparently, she's back in Starfleet now. Mm. I guess I don't know. It doesn't actually say, but. That's what we get from context clues, maybe. Mm. I don't know. So, well, I have a theory. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the pinpointing mental health and drug problems and stuff. It's like Star- Starfleet should have gotten rid of this stuff. Like it's their utopia because they got rid of the conditions that cause <laughs> these things, and they've talked about it at great length. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the handler tells her that she is a warrior. An attack is imminent, and to find the Red Lady. Um, which makes me think, the wording there, Warfer Handler? Oh. Calling her a warrior is uh, a very Klingon thing. I'm thinking it's either her, him or maybe uh, Mirror Georgiou, Emperor Georgiou, so they can do the Section 31 bullshit. I don't know. Um, I'll save mine for predictions. Okay, okay. I got. I, I, think, I, I think I have a pretty good prediction. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, so back on the Titan A, Picard says it's utterly humiliating sleeping on a lower decks bunk with Riker. 
uh, <laughs> he'd rather be in the same bed. Uh, <laughs> like, just get, get in here. I feel that's going. another big dick move, just putting them in the, uh, putting them on bunk beds. It was very fun. <laughs> I, I, I did get a good laugh out of that. I was like, he's just like, he's just like, fuck you guys. Yeah, because right before he leaves, he's like, uh, I hope you uh, are okay with your accommodations. They're the best we could do on such short notice. Yeah. Uh, and and then yeah, they're sleeping in fucking bunk beds, which is funny as hell. <laughs> but it's like bunk beds, like come on. Certainly, certainly we could like at least stack like two queen size beds or something. You don't need to save that much space. Come yeah. on. I mean, that, that's the thing. It looks worse than the um, the lower decks. Um, it's far worse, and it's in the future from there. Yeah, it's several years after. <laughs> like they just they just make the ship smaller and worse objectively. I'm like, yeah. why would they do that? No, I mean, notice there was nobody else in there. So yeah, I'm like, guessing this was just like, this is probably something they save for just like if they take for on. For humiliating people. Or, or if they take on like, like large groups of people. Right, like right. if they, if they save like a, like a large group of people and like they need like a place to put them or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's, it's crazy to me that like somehow the ship is like less equipped and prepared than a California class, even though like mm. the Neo Constitution class is supposed to be like what the big boys fly. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? This is dumb. <laughs> so back on the Titan A, Picard says it's utterly humiliating uh, sleeping on the lower decks with Bunker. Picard says the last time he saw Crusher, they didn't leave on the best of terms, but didn't think for a moment it wouldn't be 20 years before they spoke again. He asks, what if it's too late? Suddenly, they get a page to go to the observation lounge. Seven is there, or Annika, if you want a dead name her. <laughs> uh, and Picard asks why she paged them so late. Is there really time on a vessel like this? I don't know. Oh, they're uh, sleepy. Yeah. They're old guys. That's true. It's always late for them. Yeah. <laughs> we had dinner at 4 p.m. <laughs> we we got the early bird special at Denny's. <laughs> it's 6 o'clock, goddammit. We need to sleep. <laughs> Um, so, uh, she asks to speak freely and Picard grants her permission. She says, if they don't tell her what they're doing, she's prepared to quote, throw them out of an airlock and never look back. Unquote. Fair. It's not fair. <laughs> like she could say like, uh, I'm going to report you to Shaw if you don't tell me what the fuck. Yeah, yeah, there's so many things she could have said, but instead, well, Shaw's, Shaw's a bad guy. We yeah, can't. We, she, she can't report him. Yeah, she she does threaten to uh, murder them in cold blood. Yeah, well, I think she's just being hyperbolic. She's just like fucking with them. That's not a seven of nine character trait. No, it never has been. <laughs> not even in the last season. No, she's still like. Yeah, she doesn't use hyperbole. Yeah. She's, she's <laughs> you know, she's like autistic coded. She doesn't yeah. do that shit because, yeah. like, yeah, she's a literalist. Come on. <laughs> this is dumb. So anyway, uh, she threatens to murder them. Um, so uh, maybe maybe she shouldn't be in Starfleet if she's, you know, threatening murder to, uh, you know, at least one active captain. Yeah, but they're, you know, they're friends. She's just like, you know, it's like, you fucking asshole. What are you doing? That's pretty what she's saying. I've never threatened to murder you for any <laughs> for any reason, Pat. I've never even wanted to murder you. So. Even even after even after I fart really bad, yeah. It's fine, you yeah. know. We all fart. <laughs> yeah. I farted bad too. It's like true. even after you murder my second restroom, I'm like, well, at least you didn't you do it in the master bathroom. It's so, true. It's so, true. So, yeah. It's true. So, um, <laughs> uh, Riker asks if how that's how she speaks to an admiral, but Seven says that's how she speaks to a friend i yeah. i only threaten to murder my <laughs> the people i care about in life what up yeah 
what's what? Come on. So Picard tells her. Well, she knows they're they're being fucking shady. Yeah, yeah, but it, but she could just be like, "You two are being incredibly suspicious. I am going to need you to tell me what you're doing right now, or I am going to call security, yes. or something like that. Something, yeah. something that's not. I'm going to kill you two guys. <laughs> you're dead already to me. <laughs> yeah, you 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 already have one foot in the grave, old man. <laughs> Let me put both of them in there. <laughs> um, I'll call you a cab. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, yeah. If if you ever want that that noise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can just uh, do that, and I've got it. I've got it to go. Hell Maybe. yeah! I've got a got a whole new soundboard. By the way, um, lots of fun stuff here. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um, Picard tells her about Crusher's distress call. Picard says he didn't want her to become complicit and jeopardize her career. Guess what, dude? You're jeopardizing everyone's career by doing this dog shit plan. And potentially lives. Yes. <laughs> potentially, <laughs> absolutely lives. Yeah. Like, it was desperate enough for her to reach out to Picard. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I felt like she didn't really stress the threat level mm-hmm. enough. Very true, and and so, and and so, what was she expecting? Like a hundred? Like what if he just showed up in a fucking like roundabout, <laughs> like you know, a fucking hundred year old man? Like I'm coming to shave you, Beverly. Yeah, right? and then he's just like fucking taken out by 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 by, by a torpedo immediately. I would, like I would kind of love that to be. Yeah, honest. like w- there was no indication of threat level or anything. So so we don't know. We, for, from Picard. yeah, she, she she tells him to come yeah. with no Starfleet. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And yeah. also the hell whatever. Yeah. And also, it, she gives him a clue that he wasn't there to understand. Yeah, well, which, I think it's because he, she meant him to seek out the others. But what if he didn't? Yeah. What if what if he was like, well, I'm gonna charter a fucking flight. Doesn't <laughs> seek out the others. And goes to the coordinates he originally thinks, and there's nothing there. He's on, he's that would have been hilarious. He's on like a tourist vessel. Yeah, <laughs> with a bunch of other people. He's just on a fucking cruise ship. He's on <laughs> Avenue Five. Yeah, he's, like, he's on a cruise ship, just being like, "Oh, Beverly told me to come meet her." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets there and it's just fucking Risa. He's like, "Oh, I wonder if she wants to fuck." Um, <laughs> just taken out immediately. Mm. Yeah. So. uh um, Seven says it was easier when she was a ranger, a vigilante. Uh, Again, the contempt for Starfleet. Yeah, but then Picard and Janeway convinced her to join Starfleet, even though uh, she wanted to join 20 years ago and they didn't allow her. Mm-hmm. Weird. Um, and she thought it could be the right path for her. She thought she could one day inspire people to follow her, even if it's dangerous, just like Picard. It seems he's made so many enemies. Like, he doesn't have a stellar reputation. No. Like, that's just, it's so weird. Um, so Picard says she's in the right place, but she asks how she can inspire people if she's following dipshits like Shaw. <laughs> uh, Picard a- uh, asks um, her to tell him if she finds an answer. All right. Yeah. Suddenly, Seven is paged to the bridge, and... Uh, they go to the bridge, and it appears Seven has taken them to the writing system on the edge of Federation space, disobeying orders. Uh, they detected a vessel running on bare power about 200 kilometers inside the nebula they're, they're next to, in front of them. Like, they don't know if they're going into, a, like, 
they could potentially be creating a diplomatic crisis by it their presence there. could be the there. fucking nexus. They don't know. Yeah, man. it could be the nexus. Could be Borg. Could be any fucking thing. Like, or yeah, it could just be like them, like creating some some horrible diplomatic problem just by their presence there. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know. Fu- they don't know fucking shit. They don't know anything. <laughs> So Riker asks if she realizes what she's doing, and she says in four minutes the ensign guarding a certain shuttle will be called away. Why do they have people... Why do they have singular people guarding singular shuttles? (laughs) (laughs) Do they have a 24-hour rotation of someone just standing outside of every single shuttle? Is that what they use the crew for in later Starfleet? the, The guard of the unknown shuttle. They need a constant. They need a constant guard there. Yeah, but it's like it. it it's it's uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. It, no, it doesn't make any. It, if they had one, and they've guard, shown like in previous things, like they're just fucking stand. They're sitting there. They're sitting there, and people can just take them. Like it's yeah, and of course, because like you know what you know what's a you know what's a greater deterrent to taking one. The fucking force field that keeps them inside. Whoa! <laughs> like, wild! Like, or, 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 I don't know, the uh, the tractor beam yeah. that can capture them, you know, hundreds of kilometers away after they fly out. Yeah, because I'm also guessing, like, well, I mean, I'm guessing they're, like, you know, there's someone who runs the shuttle bay. There's someone that they have to run their run their things from. I'm it's like, just literally one guard for the whole 24 hours, and he just falls. He's falling asleep constantly, yeah. and like trying to just like mainline coffee, but like mm-hmm. falling asleep in his mug and shit. Yeah, it's real I'd, I'd probably do that job. I'd probably get a lot of reading done or something. Yeah, and you, you'd be just as miserable as yeah, you are now. Exactly. So uh, Picard thanks Seven, and uh, him and Riker take off. Suddenly, from his bed, Shaw sees a nebula outside and asks, "What the hell is going on?" Mm-hmm. I like how, I like how he's just like never on the bridge. He's mm-hmm. just like fucking napping or doing his own or shit, drinking wine and yeah. cooking food and shit. <laughs> yeah. um, so he enters the bridge and tells an ensign to lock the ship down. Suddenly, there is an unauthorized launch from Shuttle Bay Three. Is a transport leaves the Titan. Now, I just got to say, I really hate that they keep Shuttle 4 at Shuttle Bay 3. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I really hate that. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. It was four minutes. I uh, don't think yeah, it was yeah. a certain shuttle. No, no, no. Okay, thank God. Okay, thank God. Um, so, uh, for some reason, Shaw doesn't use the tractor beam to get his shuttle back. No. Because he could have done that. Yeah. But apparently, he's just not a good captain. Yeah, he's he's seen like as being completely like also from his perspective, he has no fucking idea what's going on. Yeah, either. he'd be so, like, "Well, they're taking the shuttle. Fuck, it's too much like jazz. I can't get him back." Yeah, yeah I know. Because could they possibly like have fooled him in doing something nefarious? Who knows? Like, would what it would have you know? Could should he have like take them down under any means necessary? You know? Yeah. Could they be putting his putting? Him and the ship and all the souls on board. Oh, they definitely are. Yeah, so it's just like there's no doubt about that. Yeah, from 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 his perspective, he could do whatever. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So instead of using a tractor beam to get them back, Shaw just tells Seven that he wants a full report on everything that the boys just did. Mm. The boys. Great. Yeah. Super great, Captain. (laughs) I'm going to demand you tell me everything that happened, and I wanted it typed and reporting yeah and then i'll think about doing something about it (laughs) maybe yeah uh yeah so back with raffi she's still checking to see what the red lady is Mm -hmm. um 
It turns out it was a suit used to travel time a couple hundred years ago by <laughs> Michael Burnham. Yay! Uh, there's several answers, but nothing exactly what she's looking for. Uh, she wonders if maybe it's not a person or ship, but perhaps a target. Uh, she looks at some holidays coming up for the Federation and sees that there's going to be a red statue of Rachel Garrett, who is the former captain of the Enterprise C, fun fact, uh, unveiled at Starfleet headquarters on Earth. And the statue is to be entirely red for some reason. Mm. It's very odd. It's very strange. I don't know. Like what, what materials it made out of. I mean, I guess like copper. It could be copper, but it's like actually red. It's not like copper. It's like the statue's red. It's like made mm. out of like flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. It does, the, that would have been awesome if it was Chester <laughs> Cheetah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Enterprise G for Cheeto. <laughs> <laughs> so on Earth, uh, Rafi requests to speak with Starfleet personnel. I think this is Earth. It doesn't say. Yeah. Is it Earth? Yeah, because I texted you. Like I was just like, okay. I was like, okay, Brit has to know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I pay like, attention. I take extensive notes. So like, if there's a cue or something, or if they mention it somewhere back there, like, mm -hmm. and she like types in like, I'm going to Earth or you know something. Yeah. I will pick it up usually. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe Brit saw saw where it was because there's no indication of where this is. No. There's there one thing I loved. There's fucking telephone lines. Yeah, there, there's telephone lines <laughs> was, in the far, far future. I was like, I'm who like, the fuck is that for? Literally, at that point, everything has to be fiber optic or more likely completely wireless and subspace based. Yeah. Like, because, you know, subspace delivers information uh, in negative time. Yeah. Like, it, it delivers things with, like, tachyon. So, like, it's literally instantaneous communication in short distances. Yeah. Why would you be using copper fucking coaxial? That's a, that's a, that's an outdated technology now. I, I think, I think the reason is it's something they didn't even think about removing. Yeah. And also when they, when they yeah. filmed wherever, wherever they filmed this scene, and like, also, we have no idea. Yeah. It like, also seems that Terry Metalis believes fully that Star Trek takes place in modern day yeah. and age, but also 300 years in the future, somehow <laughs> yeah. simultaneously. Yeah, they don't, there's no, there, there's no, there, uh, there, it's just, maybe it's like, you know, how they still have like the fucking, um, uh, um, Golden Gate Bridge, you know, it's kind of like a monument to, to previous times. Okay, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but it was, I just thought that was funny, but there is no establishing shot of where this is supposed to be taking place. No, no. And there's no title or any, they could have, they could have done it with a title. Yeah. Well, even like if it was supposed to be fucking San Francisco, you know, what do you do when you want to establish a scene in San Francisco? Golden Gate Bridge. Golden Gate Bridge. Or, or yeah. Or just like or have, Star, Starfleet headquarters. Yeah. 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 Have, something uh, that's, a, and, that's something that you, you see and it immediately transfers like uh, visual information to your brain of mm -hmm. where it's supposed to go. And instead this is just, like it looks like sort of like like a, a, so a soccer stadium mm. in brazil it, it or does something. it does it does look like a huge <laughs> soccer so you're not wrong yeah so so on earth uh raffi's flying through the, the town whatever city they're in here and uh, is requesting to speak with starfleet personnel but only gets static in return mm -hmm. she tries to tell them they're gonna get a terrorism uh when <laughs> they're, they're when, gonna do a 9-11 yeah when, when suddenly a portal opens under starfleet headquarters and uh 
and then like no, it's not the, I don't think it's Starfleet headquarters or whatever it is. Yeah, this, wherever this, this, where the soccer stadium. It, yeah, so it, there is a big Starfleet symbol on it. Yes. So we do know if this building does belong to Starfleet. Yeah. Somewhere somehow, uh, and it's uh, a place they're unveiling a statue of a very famous Enterprise captain. Mm-hmm. So it's an important Starfleet building somewhere. Who yeah. knows? I'm assuming maybe it's Starfleet headquarters, but there's no good clues to tell us that. Yeah, we don't even get any like shots of the scene close up, right? And which also, I think would have like done something to like just like tie us emotionally to what's about to right. happen. Just something that lives as a scene of what exactly is the consequence of this of happening. There's mm-hmm. there's no there's no scene of like. I mean, I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing because you know. A money-saving thing. They didn't want to film like a like a a stadium full of people, right? Like do like at this thing, or just like they could have done CGI. CGI is easy for yeah, that. Yeah, but like literally something on an on the ground shot of of what's actually what's what's going on. No, they they spent all of the money on this one shot for this episode. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, a, a portal, just like in the video game Portal, yeah. as you pointed out, um, <laughs> like a, an orange portal opens under the building and sucks it into it. And then another portal exactly like in the video game portal opens up in the sky and all of everything dumps out and onto that. And like everyone's screaming, you can hear people screaming and like, you know, now so they're, they're thinking with portals. Yeah. Right. We love, we love that folks. <laughs> the cake's a lie. Whatever. The cake is a lie. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's almost, it was almost kind of like, it was very, almost comical because it's just like, just a silly thing. Mm-hmm. Just like, just, just like, just putting a portal underneath somebody, uh, underneath a giant stadium, and then just like dumping it next to it. That just seems, it just seems so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It was. It was very strange. It was like they could have like literally just blown it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like blowing it up. Like, like how is that? How is this portal thing? Because I guess they destroyed the like the stadium thing, and then everything that's next to it. On the I don't know, dude. But how how is that more how is that more destructive than just blowing the whole thing up with like they have the technology to literally level the whole fucking like the entire area? Like, or they just wanted to localize it on this one thing to send a message or something? I don't yeah, know. and I don't know. Like, it's weird too. Like, they could or I don't know. I I don't know, man. And again, this is also, keep in mind, this is like, she got this information that this was happening from a low-level drug dealer. Correct. On Animal. No, no, he knows stuff about the underground. You know, he knows, he knows, he knows fucking 9-11's happening. Yeah, hell yeah. Because, like, you know, that's one thing, like, you know, that, you know, just all, like. All Orions are in on 9-11. Okay? <laughs> all Orions are in on 9-11, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If I, if I went, uh, if I went to, a, I went to a weed dealer, just like on some, and not even, not even in New York or anything, just like in fucking, like, like uh, yeah. Like, Akron, Ohio, and uh-huh. just been like, "Hey, man, you know, none of nine, none of the terrorist attacks gonna happen." <laughs> no, like, like Alex Jones fully believes that, like, all Orions, like, they were a bunch of them, like, um, celebrating in New Jersey right after. This oh yeah, the, no Orions yeah. died in nine eleven. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, there was no Orions at the soccer stadium. Yeah, you know. <laughs> You know, there was no there was no Orions at the at the soccer stadium. You know, the portal opened up underneath it and dumped it out and next to it. And I'm I'm tired of them telling us lies. <laughs> Check the records. Not a single Orion. You know, 
I hope that this season like slowly devolves into us like doing basically a 9-11 <laughs> podcast about this one event. Yeah. <laughs> that would actually be And that that's because that's what's wi- fucking wild about this. This is a fucking major fucking terrorist attack that happens on presumably Earth soil. Uh-huh. And it's given like nothing. It's like it is like seen through the eyes of like a shitty character we all hate. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like and more 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 Not everyone hates her. A lot of people uh, like her and I'm like fine. It's I, she's I she's, she's not for me and uh she doesn't imbue the values of Starfleet very well at all for me and yeah. she like I don't know the way um they write a black woman, the token black woman is up till now is like a complete fuck up. I don't love. I don't like that. <laughs> nah, it's 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 pretty shitty writing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not a complete fuck up. The only complete <laughs> fuck up on the show. Yeah. Like if it. Yeah. 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 And she's and she like, but like this terrorist attack happens, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty major fucking thing that happens, and it's just like basically like happens and is glossed over. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's. No weight is given to it. We don't see any of the people. Mm. There is just like, so we f- like emotionally we feel nothing when it happens. Like yeah. I was just like, okay, I was like, so what <laughs> happened? Like There's I'm sure they'll explain this, but I wish like they kind of gave more like context clues and like hints and actually pre-explained it to where there was actually like weight to it. Because because instead of going like, oh shit, I went what. Yeah, yeah. I felt I felt nothing like yeah. there was like because like we did or well, for one we didn't get any sort of like shots of anyone down there, Mm-mm. so we didn't couldn't feel like we don't know who's dead. It could have been a good thing for all we know. Yeah. It could have been like <laughs> all of the most evil people in the universe were somehow there Guess planning what? something. It was filled with spiders. Yeah, right. <laughs> like <laughs> burn it to the ground. <laughs> all those people were yelling because like they saw a bunch of scary spiders in there, and then someone took care of them. No, they they were celebrating. They were cheering. They were cheering. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, that's right. There's nothing but damn spiders in the damn <laughs> soccer stadium. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we love that. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with that assessment. Yeah. I like to believe they did a good thing here. Yeah, they did all right thing. You know, yeah. why, why not? <laughs> T- taking the Orion side on this one. Yeah. Um, so back on the transport, <clears throat> Riker and Picard fly towards Crusher's ship. Picard asks Riker if he's enjoying this, but he denies it, saying he hasn't come yet. <laughs> uh, they get within sensor range and find the ship is heavily damaged with at least one life sign that is definitely Beverly Crusher, but her vitals are super low. Riker says uh, her and whoever's with her needs help as they dock. Picard says he's getting an adrenaline rush both from the mystery and from not having seen Crusher in 20 years. By adrenaline rush, it means he's getting hard as fuck. You know what I would like? You know yeah. how we had that scene and... Um what was it? It was, it was first contact, right? Yeah, where like um, Data's like scared, and he's like, and um, and uh, and Data and Picard's like, turn off your turn off your emotion, oh, emotion chip. chip, yeah, yeah, and he goes and turns it off. Mm. That would have been funny if like if Riker did the same thing to him since now Picard's a stand. That's totally true. That would be an awesome. That would <laughs> that would actually been an amazing callback that I would have loved. Like if Picard had an emotion chip that was just like over 
overreactive, which is yeah. why he's like so lovey-dovey with Laris. Yeah. That'd be so funny if he deactivated and then came back to <laughs> Earth and she's like, Picard, I've missed you. And he's like, what are you doing in my house? <laughs> you know, they're about to go into a, into a, into a potentially dangerous situation and, and like, you know, yeah. Riker's like, hey, we need you on your game. Mm-hmm. Turn your emotion chip off, and, right? and then Picard just. I've, I've never considered that. Yeah, he is yeah. positronic. He should have something like an emotion chip, but I assume it's like super built in because he's. But yeah, because like, he doesn't seem to have any sort of like personal control over anything. Like he seems to just. I mean, obviously, it's like you know, just like especially his prostate. Especially his prostate. Yeah. Like it's not. He's he just dribbling pee all over he, his leg all he day. He doesn't have the same control that Data had over his own body. True. Where, I mean, presumably, like, or maybe he's never tried. Perhaps. Yeah. But we could, you know, we're being denied some go-go gadget Picard shit. We are, which is sad. <laughs> I mean, they, they really drop it. Like, it was, it was a stupid decision to make Picard a positron. Oh, robot. absolutely. And something they, they try, they apparently, so they addressed with one line in Picard season two. And from what I've told, they addressed with one line in Picard season three. Something that was like a very important part of the finale of season one is just like a fucking nothing now. It doesn't did they, matter. Did they reference it, it in, th- in, in this episode? Not this episode. Uh, I don't yeah. think. I, I've heard from people who have watched the first six, though, that they oh, do, that they they do they, actually cover it. Oh, okay. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say they do it in a good way. One person said they do it in a completely unfulfilling way. Mm. I believe that person. Yeah. But that's because I'm very cynical. And... Uh, where how is this like given any sort of indication that they will do anything right <laughs> like so I, I so know. like i am just expecting the absolute worst yes me too <laughs> me too so um riker says her and whatever's uh, sorry riker says crusher and whoever's with her need help as they dock uh picard says he's getting an adrenaline rush uh, both from mystery and not seeing crusher in 20 years riker commiserates on how they're both old and unprepared for action which is the most honest line in this entire episode and i'd say this in this entire series so far yeah yeah um they walk into the ship and old timey music is playing <laughs> it's it's so stupid it's so hello st- my baby hello my darling hello my ragtime gal why is every fucking like every goddamn captain or person who becomes captain in here is obsessed with 17th 18th and 19th century pretty strictly european and american media yeah that's it yeah it doesn't make any sense yeah. it's like they stop making decent music after that it'd be so royalty fu- free it'd be so fucking funny if shaw is like oh, i don't like fucking jazz i only listen to hyper pop or some <laughs> something like that like that would have been funny or if he's like only into edm or some or shit that'd be funny if he just mentioned specific bands and then just go eek! <laughs> when he's like saying them just because they don't want to pay for the rights to uh, say it oh uh, yeah that that would be good yeah <laughs> he'd be like I don't like jazz. The only thing I like is and also but who I really listen to all the time. Yeah, that 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 would be amazing. But uh they're they're not brave enough to do anything. No. Yeah. Um <laughs> So they walk into the old-timey music and Picard says it's a mixtape he made for Crusher in lieu of wine and roses. Whoa. So they were getting romantic and he's like, Hey, let me, uh, let me just, uh, make you a copy of the fallout three soundtrack. So she's just fucking, she was like listening to, um, his old, uh, captain's logs 
and in his the, old and, fuck music and the mixtape and uh-huh. just like flicking her bean just oh yeah like. she was she was, <laughs> she was having a magic wand night baby yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like it's like still vibrating on the floor it's like that next to the fucking like disruptor rifle or just <laughs> that would have been awesome like they go in you just hear it humming and then like and then like they're just like oh my god what is that sound they just see it and they just turn it off and, and then like picard <laughs> picks it up and goes that's Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> it's still warm <laughs> and wet. <laughs> um, so suddenly Riker notices some phaser burns and Picard notices the smell of delorium gas. He's like, who fought it? Who fought it up? Right. You fought up in he. So, um, Riker notices some cool, efficient shooting patterns from an advanced weapon. Picard walks onto the bridge and leaves Riker, who is snuck up on and held at phaser point. I wrote gunpoint, but I guess they don't really have yeah. so. uh, Picard finds a cryogenically frozen Dr. Crusher on the bridge as Riker enters the bridge uh, with his captor, holding him hostage. Picard raises his weapon and identifies himself and tells the captor to drop his weapon. The captor asks why he'd want help, and Picard says it appears this person cares for Crusher and that they can help both of them. The captor lowers his phaser, and Riker elbows him in the face and takes his weapon. <laughs> Which is a dick-fucking move. The guy is, like, standing down, and you attack him? Yeah. Dude, that's a great way to get both of you fucking murked, Riker, you idiot. It's just like that one dude, I don't know if you've seen his videos, where he shows how to de-escalate. I love those. And, <laughs> and like, that dude rocks. And then, like, <laughs> I just love the videos where people actually try it, and every time they get, like, stabbed in the <laughs> yeah. eye. It's so fucking good. That'd be funny if Riker is secretly like a huge fan of that guy. <laughs> it just gets murked here. Yeah. And we don't see him for the rest of the series. He just disintegrates. Like, ah! <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Picard says Crusher wouldn't have sent a call to save just herself, which is a weird judgment to make. Yeah. Um, and Riker asks who this person is. He identifies himself as her son. Wow. Suddenly, Riker has a realization right before their vessel is hit by whoever is chasing them. Crusher's son says that every time they've boarded the ship, uh, or sorry, they've been boarded by these ships, they've seen different faces. Picard asks who they are, and the boy Crusher says to see for himself. Suddenly, from the nebula, emerges a very evil looking ship well that's the end of the episode what do you think <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i uh i honestly i have a lot of trust issues after this episode because i read a lot of reviewers a few of them whose opinions i actually respect who said that like the first episodes are very good uh wrong <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean like- just this first one alone sucks i mean like that's the thing like it's very hard to trust any sort of like critics review now because because like obviously like they you know they want to limit the amount of loss that they have you know that for the especially for something like this so they probably you know obviously they're greasing palms well so so I don't think it's necessarily that. I don't think they're getting paid off to do good reviews. Or they're getting well paid off or maybe being paid off 
by through early access because like so, a lot of people were given. So exactly. So this is a point yeah. I want to make that I've made on the podcast before about mm-hmm. journalism. Mm-hmm. But I think I think reviewing and criticism is journalism in itself, especially yeah. when it's early access stuff and like you know you're reviewing something people are going to watch. Yeah. Um, journalism that relies on access to be produced mm-hmm. is not journalism. Yeah. It is sponsored content. Yeah. <laughs> if 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 you rely on uh, you know, the Star Trek people sending you stuff early to review in order to make a living, they're paying you to do what you're doing. Yeah. They're not directly bribing you, but yeah, you have access and you rely on that access and they're giving you that access contingent on that you write them good reviews. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's there. there are people who have written bad reviews on this and I'm going to assume they're not going to get, you know, uh, I think Discovery is going to be the next series that's released. Or or a Strange New World. I believe it's going to be Discovery. And or, we'll, we'll, we'll check. Or, uh, well, like, well, yeah, but, like, you know, I can see, like, you know, Strange New Worlds being, like, a good, like, you know, you want that Strange New Worlds early access, you better write a good review of this. Yeah, uh, yeah. and so... <laughs> So, I mean, it's soft manipulation, and so they're not doing anything evil or yeah. anything like that. But they're or doing, illegal. Yeah, they're, they're doing something <laughs> obvious, and yeah. they're doing something that I don't think is in great faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, both the reviewers and the people giving the reviewers these episodes. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, trust, I don't yeah. trust any of these. And also, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter how good the first six episodes are, because, I mean, I'd say the first six episodes of Discovery Season 2 were good. Yeah. And the they're, last they're, four, they're watchable. Yeah, the last four episodes are so fucking bad that they ruin the entire season. Yeah, and this could that could very much happen here. You know? no, I mean, well, have we seen like you know season one, season two, where absolute demonic clusterfucks? Yes, like that are I would not want to revisit with like with my worst enemies. <laughs> brain no I, I, I wouldn't stick your dick in there <laughs> like it is, and like and this is clearly like just just more just like i mean and i think it shows a desperation for people for them wanting to us to love this show this mm-hmm. show, uh the uh, the picard series where they have to roll out all the old all the old fan favorites and so so i yeah uh like yeah I feel like this show feels fucking desperate. Yeah. Like this. I mean, yeah, it ended with a, a first contact song. Yeah. You no, know, this and is like, I was just like, wow. Like that, 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 like when, like when that, when the, the first contact song started fucking rolling, I was like, I seriously went like, wow, they're, <laughs> they're really pulling out. So I was being like, also like the cars and stuff. Like you see mm. like that. Cause we did not see that shit at all. No, in the first season. Cause nope. like they wanted to do the whole new, um, holographic um oh god i um, hated it yeah the augmented reality the augmented reality shit, shit and i hated that shit and they're just like bringing that shit out you know the mm. the curling nester shit like yeah. we're like oh damn okay they want us to they want us to love bomb the show but you know it's fucking on you know like the, yeah. the strongest thing i want to say is about the about it mm. though is the the buddy the buddy comedy beat the but oh, the buddy relationship between Riker and Picard, but I don't even like it from Picard's side. No, it's only I good don't. because Riker's so fucking charming. Yes. like literally, in in my review, we could have so, used a Riker show straight up. So the two very good things about the show so far, the the CGI and effects are very good so far. Yeah, although I mean, there's not as good as models, but uh, that's expensive. I don't care. Uh, and also fucking Riker, like Jonathan Frakes so far is carrying this for me. Yeah. Like I, 
I uh, there's something fundamentally wrong with every other major character they've shown so far that we have laid <laughs> out for the past two and a half hours. Yeah. Riker, though, consistent, says what he would say in any other series or movie, mm. and he's charming. He's yeah. a charming motherfucker. Dude rocks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll say he's the strongest, like, going forward. I don't know if you want to do predictions. Yeah, yeah, let's let's do predictions. Uh, like going like you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Uh, you can go first, and we'll, we'll just kind of ping pong. All right. Uh, I mean, clearly, like I think, like uh, what was the kid's name? I totally missed it. Like, oh, uh, Lavar Bert or uh, sorry, um, LaForge or no, what, uh, the Brit, like the British guy, like the Crusher's son. Oh, uh, you just said uh, I'm I'm her son. Yeah, oh, I don't you think didn't you give a name. Said, okay, no. yeah, I thought I missed it. I uh, could. I'm I'm gonna guess maybe Jack. Maybe she Jack. named him Jack too. Mm, Jack too. Yeah, because I mean, because that was like their biggest connection. Because if you remember, Jack uh, served under Picard on his ship. Yeah. And then he died, and then directly after that, uh, Crusher went to serve under mm-hmm. Picard on the Enterprise D. So yeah. there's a lot of connection there. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna guess like yeah, I'm gonna guess I'm get. I guess like she is maybe doing some sort of like uneth like frontier, you know, just like uh, scientist type shit that she's not supposed to be doing. Could be. And I do feel like he's either clone or son of Picard. Ooh, a clone would be interesting. Although th- that would just be retreading Nemesis. Yeah. Like, and the but thing go- he's going to be a good clone. The thing of the thing about this too is like, yeah, if he's a clone. The biggest thing they're trying to do is get away from how <laughs> Nemesis was a terrible send off for the TNG crew. Though so, uh, there, there has been like a lot of like Nemesis redemption throughout this. Like has there? Yeah, or, or attempted. Uh, like, yeah, I was gonna like, say. I, don't... I mean, there, there are attempted redemption. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think maybe, but also like, like maybe yeah, he is actually like son. She could have had like as <clears> being. <throat> Picard's doctor has some his sperm. <laughs> oh yeah, she just kept his sperm. Yeah, and she yeah. just, she's just like maybe I should do or, a Picard, or or she can like extra, you know extrapolate from his like genetic material, just some sort of like you know to without having to use sperm, mm-hmm. and but um you know and mix their because you know, like you know obviously she wants to recreate like you know or like try again and not have another Wesley. <laughs> I don't blame her. <laughs> but like uh, I'm also wondering like how this is a this he didn't look 20 years old to me or 19 which i think it would have to be like they haven't yeah i mean he he looks in his mid to late 20s i'd say mm-hmm. yeah and uh i guess he could pass as like a 20 or 19 year old you know passing's not important <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah so i'm gonna guess that's like one of the big things i know they're probably because like um probably continue this picard series with like him or something yeah but um let's see uh, other predictions what what uh how do you think starfleet's compromised why can't they bring starfleet into this what's up with that as for starfleet being compromised mm-hmm. i'm not too sure yet personally do you have any ideas on that i because it's been it was like it's been, it was I'm, so I'm, I'm, fucking I'm, vague i'm gonna throw this out there and this is this is a big guess but it's it's i think it'd be cool i mm-hmm. think it'd be cool at least it's a cool uh i don't know um conspiracy mm. the episode conspiracy yeah. the fucking bugs that take over starfleet yeah if they did something with that again i could accept it okay i wouldn't hate that 
Maybe. It's, it's, a, it's a thing, because the thing is, we never got any resolution on the bugs from conspiracy, and we never even discovered their origin. Mm. They, just, they just killed all of the people who were taken over, and we're like, well, that solves the problem, but that doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. And so that's, that's one legitimate threat that they could actually bring back in a legitimate way, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Okay. Um, how about um, uh, Amanda Plummer? What do you think her role is in this whole thing? Uh, that because yeah, I, I think she's driving the ship that it shows at the very end of this episode. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, like that. I'm not sure either. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 like I don't have enough information so, on that. So uh, it said, or I think Terry Metalis has said that like she is connected at least to something that goes back to TNG lore. So mm-hmm. I think either. She's like the daughter of a villain from TNG lore mm. or something like that. Or if it's the conspiracy thing, like I was talking about, could just be one of the bugs yeah, it could that be escapes one of the bugs. or something. Because also, oh, I mean, it does mention like how their faces have been different each time. So female yeah, changeling. Yeah, okay. Well, changelings, changelings, I don't think they do because, no. because they distance DS9. themselves from DS9 so much. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to say because like it, it literally could be anything. And I'm also, I'm just expecting the dumbest. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you think yeah do you think this kid here do you think it's Crusher and Picard's son yeah yeah me too yeah it, it cannot mean, be right like I mean that's one of the most telling things is they gave him a British fucking accent yeah right like, where like, does he develop a British accent that doesn't make any sense in space <laughs> right it's like fucking uh, uh, what's his face um, Mel Gibson was born in New York but they moved to Australia when he was like six which is why he had an Australian accent and he no longer does yeah. Like, because you can get those things and lose those things, but, like... Yeah, Gillian Anderson has a British accent. Yeah, where the fuck did this kid get a British accent when his mom, uh, presumably the only person he spends a bunch of time with, doesn't have one? Or it could be, you know, or it could be, like, a a red herring. could be a false lead. Or it would be awesome if she had him raised by a holographic Picard. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just never told him about his real name. Yeah, that would be something else, huh? I do have a theory about... um, uh, Raffi. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, I think I think she's being set up because it's the classic, it's the classic um, like form. Find a patsy. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a compromised. Um, you know, like obviously she has like this. She she has like this whole past. Right. She doesn't know who her handler is. She so, know her so who do you think the handler is? Then? Lore. Interesting. Like, I think Lore... All right, all right. I, I could see that. I actually never... That never crossed my mind, I think, but I can see it. Yeah, I yeah. think Lore... But then you, when you said, like, you brought... brought War, the, the Warrior. Warf, yeah, the Warrior thing like, was fuck. such... That was such a big context clue to me. And, like, watching it several times, like, the cadence of how everything is spelled out does seem very Warf. Yeah. And I'm, so... And also, that, uh, in one of the trailers, there's, like, a scene of, like, uh, Raffi and Warf fighting with each other. Yeah. So I almost guarantee it's Damn, Worf. it's yeah. probably gonna be Worf. Yeah, yeah. like i was i was i was thinking it'd be like it's doing like the the um the uh the uh the uh setup um uh intelligence agent thing where the intelligence agent is set up to take the fall and and yeah. is, and is being um being framed for like lo- the terrorist we event lo- we love a patsy don't we folks yeah and i'm and i was just like okay this, this it's gonna be lore because like she was wearing red in the beginning she's the lady in red and like, and yeah, so okay. like, and so like, um, she's being set up. But then now that you've mentioned Worf, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, you're probably right. right. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, and so but I I think but I think I I think it would be really stupid and really funny if mm-hmm. if it's lore and it'd just be <laughs> be really shitty. All right. Any more predictions? Yeah. What? Oh, I did have. Did I have some other ones? Let's see. Uh, oh. I think. I think. Well, of course, I think Shaw is going to just get killed, and of course, Seven's going to take over as command. Uh, take Probably command. right. Uh, but I, I am. I, I. I am hoping for a Jellico type redemption of Shaw, and mm-hmm. like, and then me like, too. Me too. Yeah. I'm. I'm hoping for that. Uh, how about how about Jordy and his other daughter? Because uh, his other daughter is in the cast as well as mm-hmm. another cadet. Yeah, and so what? It, how do you think they're going to play into this? I wonder if if it is like she's maybe taking more over Jordy's, um, uh, you know, uh, his mantle of like being the being the mantle of like yeah, engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you know, because like you know, you have like his one daughter doing something very unlike what he was <laughs> doing. Uh, Although he was at helm quite a bit. Yeah, but she yeah. seems to be more involved. She's more of a Tom Paris type person character. Yeah, I mean, especially in season one, he's only at the helm. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, how about Riker? Why do you think um, uh, his wife and daughter don't want to see him? Oh, because he fucking. Do fu- you think he's just fucking around? You yeah. think he's just sticking his old, or old white may- beard in different places? Or pussies? maybe it is because, like, you know, is maybe his feelings are changing. Like, and then, and, 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 uh, Deanna, and also, like, you know, his daughter Kestra, you know, being, mm-hmm. having Betazoid, being part Betazoid, like, only and, a quarter Betazoid. Yeah, though. but she could probably still sense, you know, emotions. She can, just she, like, she can only tell when people are, like, super horny. That's yeah, it. That's, yeah. That's the only power she has. <laughs> so they probably, they, you know, she can sense his emotions because, you know, he has, he has no, she's like, Dad, stop. He has no, pri- stop. <laughs> he has no, he has no mental privacy, you know, like, no. he's, he's like, he, He's like, oh God, got your wife knowing your every thought. Yeah, right. <laughs> she she does not want to be inside this head. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fucked up venue. Yeah, I'm gonna guess it's something like, uh, yeah, something like that. Like, you know, and they're probably gonna rediscover their their passion for each other at the end. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they they have to be coming back together. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think is gonna die this season? Besides uh, Shaw, you said Shaw. There's more. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping not Shaw, but like, uh, but uh, well, as for, I mean, but for main characters, yeah, like yeah, I, T- mean, T- I mean, off the TNG cast, of the TNG cast, and, and Seven and Raffi, obviously, yeah, 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 all TNG those. slash Picard cast, yeah, like I'm gonna guess like they have to kill off Picard. I'd be so fine with that. I, I, me too. Like, like I, given the interviews and the way he's been talking about like the future of Star Trek and stuff, I do think he's going to be killed off here. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if, like, it, it, especially if we're introducing a potential heir to the Picard, you know, mantle type thing. You know, it's just like, you know, of course, like he's got to die. Yeah. For 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 everything else, and and also like that. That's a great way to actually tie up the. You know the emotions of it. Like that would be that would probably. It would actually, if this was better show. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like no matter what, Picard dying is going to be a a tender moment. the The question is like, what are they going to do around it to like mitigate it? You know, mitigate yeah. the impact of it. Yeah, that's why you know that's why I, I Amanda Plummer has to be someone cl- has to be someone close to Picard's history in some way. I'm I'm hoping so. Like some some someone who he like directly wronged in some way, but we ha- we kind of have to figure it out. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, because like I mean, we, we, it has hinted that Moriarty is going to be, and I feel like he's the most wronged out of all the people Picard has really come across. Be- yeah, I mean because Picard gave him life and then trapped him forever, <laughs> yeah. which is super fucked up, man. Well, uh, Data gave him life. 
Oh yeah, I guess that's technically true. Yeah, and then but then Picard's like, I don't want to fucking deal with this. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Eternal prison, yeah. <laughs> and like so, so like I I can see Moriarty actually having like a real gripe with him, mm-hmm. or you know, or maybe we're doing like another thing where you know we've seen like Data's daughters, maybe like maybe Manda Plummer is Lore's daughter. Bum, bum, bum. We gave the positronic robots cum. Yeah. yeah. Real cum. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I am so, frankly, I'm just not looking forward to lore at all. Me either. I no longer look forward to Brent Spiner and Star Trek. Not yeah. since, um, gee, I don't know, Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the last time I was like, oh, great, Brent Spiner and Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, it is funny how we campaigned so heavily for his death. And, and, and then he's like, but uh, it's so crazy. I can't play an ageless android anyway, unless. Yeah. <laughs> what if you make me an aged android? What if I aged another 30 years and then tried to do it? Hey, maybe Guinan could have done it to me. Guinan can do that yeah, shit, Yeah, wizard, right? wizard did it. Fucking Wizard did it. Yeah, yeah. like, um, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to lore or Moriarty. Like, that's why I, like... You know, this this all of Picard has like really centered around like a lot of like AI type bullshit. Yeah. Uh and so like again, like this would make sense if like again we have another AI uh related villain. I guess. Yeah. I don't I don't want that nor need that. And that's like too fucking topical now. It is. And it's also like I mean it's been done to death. It's it's well, also something that's not like something that i immediately associate with picard anyway because like that's what i was like stricken by like while watching this it's like you know how data was never you know in the movies like it was always like data and and uh picard are buddies right and they're best of friends and you know trying trying to recreate that kirk spock dynamic and it wasn't like you know we see in this episode Mm -hmm. uh, especially like it's always been picard Riker that have had like that sort of like buddy dynamic yeah because they're two dudes you're you're my number one yeah, data, <laughs> data has never been a dude, and so yeah. it's like it's very like funny fish out of water kind of stuff. That's the thing about Spock is like, yeah, Spock was a fish out of water, but he's also a dude. Yeah, he's also like a dude. he's 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 a autistic coded dude, but he's a fucking dude. Yeah. Whereas Data is a robot man. Yeah. Like he's he da- he Data he wants once. Yeah. <laughs> he fucked twice. He fucked twice. Fuck he fucked the Borg Queen. He fucked the Borg Queen. He fucked the Borg Queen. Um, but yeah, it's like yeah, Data just. He's not. He doesn't have the humanity there. He's he's funny and he's great comic relief, but that is not rapport. No, that is not like two humans interacting in a way that makes you feel more human. No, you know, and that's that's what. And especially he was never like Picard's like go to dude. No, and it was and like it, yeah, like if you look at like the the um you know like the ready room or whatever when he's asking everyone's opinions. Data is not the opinion he takes seriously, and Data doesn't even speak up that often. Yeah, yeah. It's always Worf wants to do the most violent thing. Uh, fucking um, uh, Deanna is like, let's do the least violent thing. And then Riker's like, maybe we should do a thing in between. Mm-hmm. And Picard just chooses one of those three. Damn, do you think, like, I just thought, just thought of that, like, how you know now now Worf's a pacifist. Do you think that's the reason why he didn't intervene when, like, Raffi's asking... If if Worf is like the uh, um the handler. her, her handler yeah, yeah. and she's asking someone do something, he's just like I can't. Well, yeah, that would be- <laughs> he like he he, look, he looks at his Matt and he's like, 
Uh, he has his back left right over the guy about to hit the portal button. <laughs> he's just like, no. He's like, because of my you beliefs, I can't do that. Stop. No, please stop. I beg Fuck. you. No. Damn, damn it. it. Damn my pacifism. Damn it all. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, God, it's got to be fucking Worf. God damn it. Yep, it's got to be fucking Worf. <laughs> Let's see. Have we covered everyone who's in the cast? Uh, who who else? No, we we have, I guess. Yeah, I guess Jordy. You know, we know what Jordy's doing. Yeah, we, we doing. talked what Jordy's going to do. We we speculated a little bit there. Yeah, Jordy, Deanna, of course, is going to be. Yeah, Jordy, Jordy, Deanna, Riker. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, do you think we'll see a Wesley Crusher at all? I fucking hope not. Yeah, no, if they put him in, God damn it. Yeah. If I they, do. I do. I do like the idea that she's trying to just like try again to have a good son. Although I did take all the proper precautions in case he does appear in the series. Uh, in that I sold my TV and uh, got a projector screen. Mm-hmm. I can't actually throw a book through that screen, oh, but good. I can through a TV. So this will just like kind of bounce off. You should have just like a whole bunch of Nerf balls so you can't hurt it. That's not a bad idea. Or yeah, yeah. Nerf yeah. Uh, or uh, one of the good, the Nerf guns. Yeah, or that way you can really let out your your anger and you won't actually hurt anything i mean nothing there's no physical act that can <laughs> besides some very sort it, it does sorted feel pretty I, i'm sure it would feel very cathartic just hitting that trigger over and over again and yeah and you wouldn't actually be firing bullets throughout your through your door through your, through your wall yeah, true i mean but the Realistically, though, there's nothing on this earth besides making certain holes bleed that will actually make me feel good about this. So. Yeah. I mean, like, all in all, I'm not predicting, like, a fun or enjoyable watch of this. No. Like, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I I, I, I got to the end of this episode. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I, like, that happened. Like, yeah, so I, it was, I, there was, was no the emotional. There's nothing emotional. Like, there was, like, obvi- there because, like, I recognize the obvious emotional manipulation yes. type thing that they did. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was, like, so obvious. Like, I was like, okay, like, like I do not care. Like, I get more emotional rewatching the old episode. A hundred percent. And because, like, like there's no. more, there, there's more camaraderie and more, like, actual character moments that yeah. happen in that. So, once more Unto the Breach, uh, that, uh, no new no episode of New Trek has ever made me cry. Yeah. Just thinking <laughs> about the end of Once More Into the Breach yeah. sometimes makes me cry. Exactly. It's that fucking good. And <laughs> that they good? just they just don't make shit like that for Star Trek anymore. They really don't. And they don't let you invest fully because that that plot line mm-hmm. was literally a six year long plot line mm. because it happened with core who on the very first yeah. season when uh in one of the first episodes meets jadzia and yeah. says curzon my old friend and they're like mm-hmm. it's jadzia now and they go jadzia my old friend <laughs> and so it's like they built this rapport all the way up to that point and mm-hmm. then he like eulogizes her right there yeah and it's beautiful yeah it's one of the most impactful scenes in all of star trek it fucking rocks and i fucking love it and that's and, the thing uh, and that it is wild when you have like these people mm-hmm. who have a history yeah and they have a history they have like this most people don't know this terry metallis worked on enterprise interesting yeah it's not i don't think it's even in his imdb credits but he posted a picture of it on something the other day i think mm-hmm. on, on twitter he was, um, he was the coffee boy. Yeah, pretty much. No, straight up. He yeah. was like a, a fucking page or something, like mm. a production assistant, which is coffee boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like the characters, though, they have the history. Right. They have this. And there's a lot of like, uh, and that's why I was saying, I think I said at the beginning, like, if if 
an old TNG writer who mm. actually knew how to write these characters had written this, mm. had written like a like a, a reunion and then tearful uh, goodbye to who I'm guessing going to be Picard. Mm-hmm. If they had written this, it would have been amazing television. Probably it would have, but we're instead we're like catering to this whole like you know everything's got to be fucking grim dark everything's got to be fucking like gritty gritty it's gritty and it's everything's twenty four yeah and we gotta have oh that's what I should put on the soundboard that that beep beep <laughs> yeah. beep the twenty four yeah Rafi is basically doing a twenty four right no now. she's literally Jack Bauer she's literally Jack- I, if I'm not mistaken I think somewhere in this episode they said something to the effect of there's not enough time yeah uh, yeah like. Yeah. Wow. Why? Well, and that's the thing. Like, why didn't they? Help, why didn't at this point everyone just have like personal t- emergency teleporters? They could have fucking teleported out of that fucking thing. No, that's a very good like, question. But yeah, just like yeah, n- like not looking forward to any fucking thing in this. Like this is going to be grueling. Like I'm not going to feel anything. Like like that's the thing. Like I, I said, like you know, I look forward to fucking Last of Us because that has act the ep- those episodes, small contained episodes that introduce mm-hmm. characters. And and you feel emotional connections to these characters, yeah. knowing them for a very short time. Like straight up, I've I've heard from multiple people like me who do not give a fuck about video games. I've yeah, I've, I've, I've heard I've heard. I didn't even know it was a, a zombie thing. I, I've until heard I from started watching it. multiple queer people that I need to watch this video game show, even yeah. though they know and they themselves don't give a fuck about video games. Yeah. They're like, yeah, especially the third episode is one of yeah. the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And I'm like, mm, the zombie show. And then people kept on telling me that. I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll probably watch this show. It's it's good. Uh, third yeah. episode, good. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I've, like, I've heard nothing. I've heard literally nothing but good things. Yeah, so. I was surprised. I was like, oh, I'll fucking watch this dumb thing. And then like I started I'm like, wait, is this a zombie thing? Because I had no idea. And then and you're <laughs> like crying into your beard at the yeah. end. And you're like, fuck. Yeah, it's just... And it's just like shows that'll actually like like pull your heartstrings are very few and far between, and like so far, very few of, of New Trek has really done that. Like I've 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 felt things watching Strange New Worlds. Definitely, the and yeah, there's there's definitely some stuff in and actually Prodigy honestly. Prodigy, I've definitely, Pro- yeah, Prodigy. Well, absolutely Prodigy. The, the, the fucking the finale of Prodigy was so many feels. Yeah. Love that shit, but like yeah, like um in, yeah, I mean, in Strange New Worlds when um. Spoiler, yeah, um, no, I won't spoil. Uh, when, when a certain character dies mm-hmm. on the cold planet, like, yeah, it's it's a very impactful moment. Even though they don't even focus on that character very much the entire no. season, and I wasn't even that big of a fan of him. Me neither. I didn't like him up until that episode. <laughs> I was like, God but by damn the it. end of that episode, I was like, you, you fucking did it. You emotionally manipulated me in a way that I liked. Yes, and I'm fine with that. And that's the thing is. I don't mind if they do emotionally manipulative music or writing mm-hmm. or, you know, scenes at all. It's just the fact that it's so obvious and every single element is so ham-fistedly emotionally yeah. manipulating. It's, th- it's someone it's someone c- crying and whispering uh, with, 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 in a really dark room with, with a lot of violin music going on yeah. in the background. I'm like, dude, this is no. And, and the no. way those things are, the way the things can successfully do it is like it, it reaches to something human within us yeah that like it, it humanizes these characters mm-hmm. that we either see some ourselves or someone we know in them and yes. that and that we feel emotionally connected to these people mm-hmm. and and when we have just like these like people who are just like angry and just like yeah. and just like like seemingly feel no love or affection for one another I mean, so <laughs> just like, now now that you put it in that context maybe i do 
maybe we actually um, identify more with Picard than we think because we're bad at our jobs and everyone hates us. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's true. It's yeah, true. It's, come on. Like it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, now I see oh, myself in Picard. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. He's he is me. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, like all of his bosses hate him. Yeah. Because like really, yeah. Because really, like nostalgia can only carry the show so far. Mm-hmm. Like it is as like. That is, I mean, it's carried it over the heads of like ninety percent of reviewers and fanboys and shit. I know. Yeah, it sucks. So it's like, yeah. I mean. We're, we're, that's the thing you're gonna hear like you know a lot of people say it you know but hey you know what make your own opinions yep like you know you know but don't don't take my word for it like like i just know like i just see this as crap (laughs) like i see as trash no straight up it is not different from either of the previous two seasons and to no. pretend like it's like a fundamentally different show the, the, is the, completely the, unserious and disingenuous especially in my when it, it, it's beat for beat the first episode of the first season and it's also <laughs> it was literally done back to back by the exact same crew yeah like yeah no. it's yeah thursdays are going to be like uh really painful for me now yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, right. I don't know what right. to say. It's, it's all right. You know. We've agreed to but do hey, this. But you know what? You said you would give it a rating. And, I did. I did. And if that rating, and if the if, average rating If the is, aggregate rating is five or higher at mm-hmm. the very end of the series, I will go ahead and uh, review, watch and review every single episode of Young Sheldon season one. Yep. And you got to be completely honest. I got to be. Okay. 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 First episode here. Yep. I'm, uh. I'm going to, oopsie, um, sorry, the, the thing stopped. Uh, where is that bridge noise? There we go. That's better. Um, so complete honesty. I mean, you probably got a pretty good idea of, of what I feel, but I'm actually going to try to be as fair as possible here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a a five out of 10. Exactly. Average rating. Uh, they could rectify a lot of the mistakes I think they made in this episode by exploring the themes and like what they've said and stuff more. I don't think they will, given what we've seen in the past from the show. But they could, you know, yeah. they they could they could have used this episode entirely for intrigue and just been like, okay, we're gonna have one mediocre episode because it's just gonna be set up for everything else. Yeah. However, watching the previous two seasons. I liked the first couple episodes. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, the first season was eh. But the yeah. second season, the first couple episodes were actually pretty good. Yeah. And you then thought something fell, good was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, and then it fell completely apart. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't trust this. You know, me my, either. My, my, yeah, like my trust has been lost. I mean, in, in prove me wrong, team. Picard. Yeah, prove I, me wrong. I would love more than anything <laughs> for this to like, you know, be like uh, Strange New Worlds uh, season mm-hmm. one and just be a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, that was mind-blowing. Yeah, honestly. it was, especially at, because it came on directly after (laughs) the Picard finale. And so I had like the gun in my mouth and like over the next like 50 minutes, like Anson Mount talked me out of putting the gun in my mouth. And I was just like, you took your hand off the gun and on your dick. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. I'm like, bring me home, Anson Mount. Bring me home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I, um, five. I'm going to give it an exact average. I'll go from here. There's things they can do with it. I don't trust they're going to do good things with it, yeah. but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Five. I think five is fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be super fair here. Yeah. Because, start from the middle. Yeah. Start from a place where I will have to fucking review young Sheldon. Yeah. 
Because yeah. I, I do feel like Riker and Picard carried this entire episode. Yeah, and if we have more Riker and Picard, it could be good. Although, yeah. as I said before, like fucking Picard is old, dude. Picard yeah, he acts old. old. He does old things. He's feeble. Yeah. I, it's, it's kind of disconcerting. I do feel like, and and I do feel like it did have too much intrigue where it didn't give too much actual meat or something. Yes, to claw I agree with that because yeah. like. Because we have, because by the end of the episode, we have no fucking clue what fucking Beverly's doing. Very true. We have, you know, no idea what the fuck Raffi's going doing. It's it's all intrigue though. It's like gotta watch next week. Yeah, Bullshit. gotta yeah. yeah and um, we like, there's there we didn't give us anything like to yeah to really besides I guess like the terrorist attack happening on the soccer stadium. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that's like what's gonna happen. Very true. And uh I but seriously like I don't know. I'm not gonna look forward to it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch it, you know. It's, we it's certainly will. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, you know, the, the way I like to think about it is it's only two more months of your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, it'll hopefully blissfully end. And then, and then from I think the reports I'm reading, we'll have Discovery season five directly yeah. after that. I mean, also you know who knows? Like I was, I watched this episode uh, while recovering from a pretty bad bout of food poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so you were you were like in fever dream mode, and it still wasn't. <laughs> yeah, at four a.m. Like after you know fucking shitting my pants and all that shit. Like I'm just like, all right, let's put on this fucking Picard. Yeah. So I watched this episode. I guess three, maybe technically four times. So yeah. um, didn't get better for you. No, oh, it got you got it got worse. <laughs> yeah. My 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 notes. Uh, it was pro it started as probably like an hour worth of notes, but here we are over three hours in. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is this is gonna be a long one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's it's both of our fault. My my fault for writing really long notes and you for like taking the cues and actually commenting on every single one of my yeah, notes. I, <laughs> I just needed to learn to let you speak. No, you don't. No, no, this is good. This is this is what people like. This is why, like, we've got like a large contingent of like long haul truckers listening to our program. So, anyway, I guess with that, well, ladies, fellas, and the people who don't give a fuck, looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well, travel safe, and as Ferengi rule of acquisition number six says, never allow your family to stand in the way of opportunity. All right. All right, well, thanks for trekking with the soy boys, girls, and otherworldly beans. Hang, Hang dong and shocker. Soy, 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 so